What up, everybody? How are we all doing? Mana note, apologies for the lack of content. I think the last time was a couple of weeks ago since I've posted a podcast. So reasoning of that is, is I've been lazy and being in the moment while I've been traveling. So hopefully that'll be a thing of the past and I'll try and do it on a weekly basis like I promised to. Right, uh, what have I been up to? So I think last time I posted... I was in Buenos Aires, so I spent a week there and then I made my way south to the Patagonia region of Argentina and spent a few days in two towns called El Calafate and El Chauton. Did some awesome hikes there, hiked some glaciers, hiked some really cool trails and it was out of this world, like unbelievable. And then I made my way north to Mendoza and I'm here as we speak, so it should be fun. And my thought for the day will be related to this episode, and that'll be creating your own identity and ignoring the social norms. So when I say social, I mean society norms. And what I mean by that is, you know, when growing up, how many times were you told, you know, like, you got to do, do it this way, like, uh, example, make sure you get that job that pays so well and... Make sure you buy that car and make sure you buy that house and make sure you buy all these materialistic items that you don't need. And I think it's important that you you are an individual free thinker. You know, you don't have to do what society wants you to do. You don't have to buy that car. You don't have to buy that house. You know, you can chase what you really want to do. If you want to go be a car salesman or if you want to you know I don't know be a life coach if you want to go in a jungle and just want to knit some jumpers for some you know some kids or something like that just I think it's important to mention that you know like I see so many unfulfilled people that just hate their lives because they're just so miserable and I was guilty of that you know like when I was in my old job like it it was such a good job but I just felt comfortable and unfulfilled, so I decided, you know, why not? I'm just going to go traveling and do this podcast because that's what I want to do. And I'm not saying it's the answer, you know. I'm not saying you should do it this way or that way, but all I'm saying is maybe, you know, don't let people influence your lives. And it's so funny when people try to give advice and half of them haven't even been in that situation. I think it's hilarious, so... I'm not saying it's an easy path, do not get me wrong, but it's, you know, I think the hardest path is the path that makes you grow the most. I think that's important for everyone to know. And that brings me to my next guest, Joel. And Joel is a life coach and a personal trainer at the independent gym in SMA and and such great things what they're doing over there, shout out to them. And, you know, Joel's a classic example of following his dreams and ignoring the what society wants him to do. And when he was growing up, he grew up in a small town in Manjimup and he had like real pressure of, uh, you know, defining his family kind of, so to speak. So he went to become an engineer and he deciding that wasn't for him and he was feeling so unfulfilled, he went and chased his dreams, which I think is so admirable because that's not an easy thing to do, ignoring, you know, everything. Even, you know, his parents pretty much, you know, was a little bit kind of disappointed in the path he took, but, you know, he ignored that. He defined his own identity. And 
now he's just so passionate about changing people's lives and I think that's great it's a fantastic thing to do I've been a good friend of him for a few years and they're really uh, doing wonders over there in that place and changing people's lives you know not just treating them like a number they're actual people and I think that's important so enough about me uh, if you want more information about Joel you can just go onto the SMA website or go onto my page on Instagram or Facebook and yeah and get some information where to find him and hear about his journey that kind of thing so anyway enough about this let's get straight into it let's intrigue the salmon on and we're on joel nice to meet you man nice to meet you for the very first time it is likewise hello my audience <laughs> let's not bullshit eh how long have we know each other now Two or three yeah, something like that. Sounds yeah, it was right. like sporadic conversations bit on the gym floor about yeah. crazy things. Has bit of a journey, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the journey. Um, your journey or my journey? Let's go yours, man. This is all about you. Let's let's start off growing up. Tell me about you, how you grew up and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so like, just to preface storytelling, I always believe like the story that we tell ourselves is how we've kind of learned to interpret it to create our own identity. So like, the way I retell this could be completely different to how like my parents saw it, my friends saw it, whatever. But like the, <laughs> the way you see it is how that defines you. Do you know what I mean? So like Definitely. I was, I grew up in a small town and I've always been like quite an open thinker and think differently. So I never felt like I fit in there and I always just felt like being stuck in this little backward area wasn't fun and it wasn't. What was the small town? Manjimup, Manjimup yeah. down south. So three to three and a half hours south of south of Perth. Just give people a rough idea. Uh, what were the population we're talking about? Uh, maybe five or ten thousand, but yeah. like, yeah, okay. Like there was one pub where one. everyone would go on a Friday night and fight each other. Mm. It was like <laughs> everyone would just drink alcohol and play footy. That was like the mm. the it's main, a, yeah. yeah. And and that for me, I was like, man, they're both so lame. Like mm. I don't want to do this. Yeah, so definitely. I felt like I didn't fit in because I wasn't that, but that disgusted me. So I was just like, this town's lame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So growing up, man, um, how was school? Um, went, went to primary school, obviously there, and high school. How, yeah, what, yeah, were the, yeah. what were they like? Um, actually, I just like I destroyed school in the sense that I was always really intelligent, and I was always praised for that. So mm -hmm. I did get a lot of satisfaction out of school, but I always went to like the the lame school of the town, which is like the small school. So like even at like inter school carnivals we would rock up and there was like so so many less of us and yeah. would always lose because we were just this small little Catholic school. Yeah. So it was like, in terms of how the, the small town saw it and like, in a, I don't know if anyone's been in a small town before, but like the, everyone just has opinions on everything because everyone knows everyone. So like yeah. as far as like the collective small town judgment, like Keenan was the, the Keenan College, which is the private school I went to was like the, the lame little school. Mm. And the reason I went there is because my mom was, very religious and very proper and, and she wouldn't see it any other way of me not having like a, a private school education, even yeah. though it was labeled as a private school, it had like worse stuff and it wasn't that great. It was just like this little, little segregated nugget of the yeah. town. Yeah. So family was religious. You went yes. to a religious school. Yes. And what was that like growing up in a kind of religious kind of background? Well, from your parents' point of view, were you, uh, just pretty much as soon as you're growing up with it, that, that's just all you had to know, that kind of thing? Or was it you, more you don't know like any, a choice? You don't know any different. No, it was never yeah. a choice because it was never a choice for my parents. Like, yeah. and, and the way my mother sees it is like, it is the truth because mm -hmm. she was indoctrinated. Like if I backpedal to her life, yeah. in the small town where she grew up, the teachers were literally nuns. And they were like, it was so like regimented. They would say prayers every so often. So you get indoctrinated into you when your mind's so malleable that it is the truth. And if, mm. you, if you're a faith, you believe it to be the truth. So you don't have to give a choice of some of the truth. You're like, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's 
how I was taught religion. But when you're a kid, you don't understand it. It's just boring and lame. Yeah. So when we had like religious classes at school, we would just like mess around. When we had churches at school, like I'll get in trouble for laughing and messing around because it was just like, I mean, maybe if they made religion fun for kids, it would be different, <laughs> but they didn't care. They were yeah. just like mm, 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 repeating these really boring things. I had no mm-hmm. context to actually helping make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. So I think like there's probably some good stuff to it, but it was just like this mindless thing that I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what were the family dynamics like when growing up? Oh man. Yeah. Are oh, you getting deep? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, like in terms of my mom and my dad, my dad was like, he's always super hardworking. Mm-hmm terrible communicator terrible expressing emotions um he was under a lot of stress financially and just through various reasons a lot of it was because because he didn't know how to communicate he would just bottle everything inside and then just blow up retardedly yeah. like i akin it to like a kid having a tantrum at the time it was really scary like mm-hmm. seeing like because he's like a big six foot two brown looking macedonian dude <laughs> so he's like this big scary yeah. dude so when he was yelling i was like oh but it was just him mm-hmm. not knowing how to express himself very well and like a lot of who i am today and what i want to help men do these days is actually learn to express themselves better and communicate in a healthy way to actually not have that happen as well. So a lot of the triggers from my youth do that. Um, And then my mom, she's super stubborn and her main values are basically family and religion. So she was like, I'm never going to have a divorce because that conflicts both of those things. And she wanted the best for us. So she endured all this fighting and contributed to it as well. But like it was a lot of constant yelling for a lot of it. And, and I was like the youngest baby boy, Mm -hmm. two older sisters. So I'll just run away. Like, Mm. All I would just, just run up to my room and like play video games or read or something. So yeah. like if I backpedal to even like um, when I was at my union degree, when I hate stuff, I just run away. I used to do that. That was my main coping mechanism because yeah. what worked when I was young. Mm. Yeah. Okay, man. So yeah, it was a quite unique uh, household. That's for sure. Obviously religion, family. Obviously yeah. your dad said you had financial troubles, yeah. that kind of thing, took it out. The family. Yeah. Uh, so what was next? So you obviously it was like that for a very long time, primary school, then high school. What was that like? Kind high of? school, like I never ever worried about not being popular, that kind of thing. Like the only thing I sucked at was with, with girls because like, yeah. I, like I don't know, I was, I was, I never had like a brother or I never had like, because I was from Keenan College, there was never like cool guy friends that got girls. So I just didn't know how to be around girls. So I struggled with that for a bit. Not exactly a book to kind of help you. No, I mean, I have read some now that have helped. So, but back then I had no idea. Mm. And like, right now I have like a hell, like like a clean haircut, but I had like a big, like Jew fro looking thing back then as well. (laughs) So I was like this happy go lucky nerd. Yeah. Um, had no idea about that kind of stuff. And Mm. because I didn't like fit the cool kid thing, I sucked with girls, but I was always like, I love getting along with everyone. So Mm. I never had any, like a lot of people have trouble with bullying and those kind of things. I never had that. And I think I, took a lot of my confidence from being intelligent and mm-hmm. and that's what I held on to. So I'm like, because I'm a smart kid, it's okay kind of thing. It wasn't like, if I was a nerd and retarded and poor or something, then mm. it may have been a problem but because I at least like ticked one conventional box, it was okay. So, Okay, so I know you say you labor yourself, you're pretty intelligent mm. then. What, what pressures did you have to kind of withstand from, let's say, your family point mm. of view being, you know, I think there's quite a amount of pressure with people pretty intelligent and mm. obviously their career paths and that kind of mm. thing. What did you have to deal with in that kind of sense? So like, like a lot of these questions when you're looking back at the time, I knew no difference. So you're mm. like, Oh, it's a different family. Cause there's yelling and religion. That was just my family. Like mm-hmm. I think everyone just has an idea of what a normal family is. And then they see everyone else's family and they're like, what? Like, well, that's I'm, not normal. To be honest, I don't think there's no such thing. As yeah, there's not. Do no, you know what I mean? So and when someone yeah. else is like, there wasn't yelling their entire childhood. I'm like, what? You didn't yell. You guys are weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like, for sure. That was normal yeah. for me. Um, doing well at school just was like a normal thing as well. So mm. like, there was never like, I mean, at the time, 
I just thought that's what parents do. And that's what they should do is like encourage a kid to do well, but probably more so in the thing that was good yep. for them. But obviously, do you want me to transition to talking about engineering? Yep. Go for it. But yeah. Yeah. So when I got to the end of year 12, I was always naturally intelligent, but I didn't have a really good sense of self. I didn't have a lot of worldly experience. I was in this yep. small town. I never <laughs> traveled anywhere. Hadn't been exposed to a lot of ideas. So then you get to like the big life decision of like, what are you going to do with your life? It's very daunting, isn't it? Man. Like, oh my God. Transition. You're like, you know, you never have to worry about bills, all that kind of stuff. And then next thing you know, it's like, right, you need to decide. Otherwise, you're in this big bad world. I'm like, yeah. help. And like, <laughs> and I was the youngest. Yeah. Like my mom is the archetypal mom. She babied the crap out of me. Mm. I never had to make any decisions. Then I had two older sisters that baby me. So I was just like this baby with a big brain, not yeah. knowing where to direct it. And I'm like, what? Like, like, what? I have to make my own decisions. So mm. I never, everyone had made decisions for me before that point as well. So I let that happen again. My, like everyone around me, my teachers, because they want to live through you and they're trying to direct you as well but they're like go do engineering I'm like okay I'll go do engineering because I'll make lots of money that sounds cool because that's what everyone measures a decision of what's going to make you the most money so and that's another topic we can talk about the, the school system mm. uh, you think it's flawed in a way why yeah okay yeah. That's, and I think that's another rabbit hole we can really dig oh, man, deep yeah. yeah I mean if, you did, if I just kind of summarize my perspective on society at the moment I was like I don't I think you can't have hate against the system because the system is basically like how good humanity is right now. So like mm. if you're a free thinker, you might be like, this is screwed, but where everyone's at, like this is our best possible solution that we've all agreed upon. And like, it, I don't think it's ideal, but it's hard to create a better system and reform sure. everything at once. So like, yeah. How do you change that? You know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. the entire food industry is corrupt. Like the pharmaceutical industry, yeah. the medical, they're all very corrupt and there mm. is money and other things in the background. But at the same time, it's like, you can't go around hating it. You just have to try and be an example against mm. that. Yeah. So you did, you obviously, transition you went to become an engineer or study yes for that. Yep. yep tell us about that how was it oh man it was so so boring and, and you said you didn't obviously didn't know what didn't know what to do but obviously you were influenced by saying this is this is good money good yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and i was like as a kid i was always expected to go to uni because that's yep. what my parents yep. thought would be the most secure decision for me mm-hmm. do i have enough decibels you're good, yep. man. You're good. Um, because in their mind, they didn't want me to... My mom didn't want me to be stuck in a small town because she personally didn't like it as well. Yeah. So like a lot of my beliefs and probably resentment for that town, I'd inherited from her too mm. because she's like, oh, you don't want to be one of these you know, country bums you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and that's just because she didn't mesh with them either. So, that so was much her. pressure, eh? Well, it, it didn't feel... It never. I didn't realize it was pressure because I was so emotionally unaware at the time. But mm. like, if you look at photos of me, like my posture was like this little yeah. kind of hunched over like golem-like sure. creature because I was like... Ugh. Like, who am I? Isn't it, isn't it like having that kind of self-reflection on the past mm. where it's just like, shit, I didn't even know it then, but like, yeah. And the problem is, and this is my problem as a as a coach, is trying to get people to be aware. Because as soon as yeah. you are aware, you're so, like, oh my God, then I can actually make a decision. Mm. But most people are so fearful of the pain that they're experiencing, which is the truth, yeah. which is their emotions are actually trying to tell them, dude, this sucks, do something about yeah. it. Most people are so fearful of that that then they can't actually make a good decision. Yeah. So, and, and my view on a lot of people is we're living in this very like emotionally disconnected zombie-like state where we're just living for the sake of living because we don't want to admit to ourselves how shitty our life is. And we, mm. and if we did, we wouldn't know what to do because we're too fearful. So sure. I was in that mode for a long time. Um, if we go back to the engineering, it was just, I mean, it was really cool because I basically played video games all day. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what were you like favorite video games uh i played cod back in the day when yeah, everyone yeah, played cod because my friends played cod um <laughs> and i got to league of legends i don't know what if you know what league of legends yeah, is. yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. yeah yeah lol that was so good i like any yeah 
So a normal kind of daily routine was pretty much study and game. Is that- it would be avoid going to uni. So like if, if <laughs> I summarize like a semester of engineering, I would only go to the classes compulsory that I had to if I even went to them mm. um, and just cram before tests. And then like the three or four week period prior to exams, I'll disappear into a hole, mm. study like 12 hours a day and somehow manage to pass everything and I'll do that all again. So mm. I literally hardly went to uni throughout the semester, just wow. played games the whole time. Luckily, I have a good brain that allowed me to do that. But I don't know how I did it and I would like, it was painful. Yeah, It was so hard, yeah. So that first semester, pretty much just compulsory classes. First semester, no. So first semester, I tried to make friends and that kind of thing. But mm. like, I don't know. There was just a lot of like wanky nerds at UWA. And that's probably, <laughs> it's it's because I came from a country yeah. town and all these people are talking about all this money and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. man, none of this matters. You know what I mean? Like, so I probably could have found my clique if I really wanted to. Mm. But because I was already a bit hesitant to do this thing i wasn't passionate about it i didn't uh, really commit to wanting to make friends as well big factors is you know like your social group you weren't didn't want to be with mm. something you didn't want to study in yeah, like, it just was shit wow, yeah yeah like that's just a shit time yeah so i avoided it yeah like i yeah. did with all the other shit in my life i was like fuck that i'm just gonna play games what were you thinking in your mind like were you thinking oh, this sucks or just yeah the entire just time play games or? i hated it and if i ever expressed it to my parents they're like but you got to do this or you're or you're back at home working in the excavator because yeah. my dad runs his own business yeah. and like so pump that more fear into you yeah thing, and that was yeah. their only way of doing yeah. it because in their minds they would not want to be in that situation so they thought they were creating an opportunity for me so i, I appreciate that but it was also like felt extremely controlling and like Ooh. it's hard you know they they didn't know any better. I suppose they got they taught know. the same thing. Yeah. And that's like, you know, everyone else's kind yeah. of parents for sure. Yeah. So gaming, studying. Gaming was sick, man. Like I still love gaming to this day because I like anything where my mind can be like super active and mm. like, it's like, I believe like a game or any sport, like any time when you have a confined set of rules or parameters that you have to play within, you get to meet a beautiful part of your mind. Like mm-hmm. an artist who has a, without a canvas and colors, they wouldn't get to express that one thing. So yeah. like, yeah, as soon as you create like an intention or a confine on the mind, you actually get to see what your mind can do. So I always love games because within the game I could kick ass and that was cool because I could meet that side of myself. Mm. And like, I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening who, or anyone in general who has their thing and in their thing, they're a badass. And like, it's not the thing that makes you that. It's just like the, you get, it was the perfect opportunity for you to see that part of yourself. So gaming allowed me to see that part of myself. So you contribute gaming as something to like, allowed you to express yourself. Yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah. And and like do cool shit, you know, like like, no one knows the game, so it's hard to describe, but you'd be able to do some hectic stuff in that game. And but damn, that was sick. You know, I was actually living in the game. Maybe that was like your kind of your release. It was me actually trying to live. Like it was like, this life is cool. There's stuff happening. Like, I'm doing things. I'm seeing progression. Like yeah. a lot of the attributes that I have in my life now are kind of like, instead of trying to get it through something that's not as tangible, I'm doing it in real life. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you did, uh, how long was the study? Four years? So that, Yeah, four years. Yeah. Four years. So tell us about the journey throughout the whole, anything that kind of stands out in that four years until obviously you uh, transition to finding your passion. Yes. Yeah. Very good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a couple of years in, because I was like an insecure nerd, um, I was like, my, my sister joined a gym mm-hmm. and she was getting a little bit fit. So I'm like, screw it, I'm going to join the gym. So I joined the gym. I had no idea what to do or anything. But what were your main reasons for joining? Purely for confidence for girls. Yeah. Like nothing deep. Just wanted that. to look good. Yeah, wanting to look good because I thought if I looked good, then girls would like me because I was lonely. Like, yeah. I, I think wanted... there's nothing wrong with looking good. That's for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and I realized now that there's like attraction is based off so many other things, which is purely self-confidence. Like you don't have to have a jacked body mm. to love yourself, to give out an aura of like, this is me. But let's, at the time, that's all I knew. Let's try and paint a picture here. I like to yep. visual guy. Let's yep. um, try and describe yourself 
when you joined that gym? Like, were you real skinny? Like, kind of. Oh, I was kind of long s- hair. almost skinny fat, like a little skinny bit skinny fat. fat. Yeah. So, like, I was never ever skinny, skinny, but just from sitting around playing games and eating chocolate, I like my cheeks were a little bit chubbier and I had a little bit of a tummy mm. and like had like this lot, like long, curly, this like <laughs> lame hair. Yep. So, like, just my outward experience, just my outward expression showed even that was not representative of me like being mm. me do you know what I mean or me wanting to connect with people because mm. if I put effort in that's a symbol of me wanting to connect so mm. like yeah I, was, I just was like I looked like a lame kind of average nerd um, okay that's how I saw myself yeah. as well at the time yeah um, what, what kind of clothes man, just like it? not very stylish clothes like okay if you go to, <laughs> if you think about a small town the only clo- they had two clothes shops in the small town and both of them only sold like surf wear like billabong okay. yeah and like, you know, like gangster hoodies and stuff. That's literally all you have <laughs> yeah, in a small okay. town. So I was wearing those kind of clothes, which is super lame. And I've like, I'm not a superficial person. So I've never been into mm. fashion because I don't care. Yeah. And so I never cared about it either. So I, yeah. That's cool. No, yeah. I just like to paint a picture. So oh, it good. was a terrible picture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you joined the gym. Yes. Ne- tell me next. What happened? Um, it was the first thing that I actually loved. So other than gaming, gymming was the actual, the, the first thing I found mm. a passion for. What was, what was that like going to a gym? Um, I loved it. Like you it was loved always it straight away because I know a lot of people find it daunting the first time. I think parts of it potentially like there was always you know that fear of judgment. I guess mm. a lot of people have when they first start the gym, but I wanted more to go hard and enjoy it. And I and I had a few friends that signed up with me as well that helped oh, a lot. Okay, so it was yeah. more like a a bro sesh. I would be mm. there with my bros doing things. But even when I was there by myself, I loved it so much that I wasn't really concerned yeah. about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then actually that was the first time like that. I saw I could change who I was as well. Like mm. just through pure effort, I think a lot of people have gymmed will see this is like through effort, you can see a quite immediate result. And like, it's a really nice metaphor for life. Like you actually realize like if I pour energy into something, I can get something back from it. And fortunately the gym also gives you confidence and you literally get stronger mm. and you get belief in yourself and all these other things. So compiled, like I was getting good feelings from it. I was seeing myself transform, but I also just loved it for some reason. Like yeah. I'd never had that with many things. Maybe like when I was a kid, like, you know, like mythology and I liked like Roman empires and those nerdy things from games and stuff. But this was the first thing I was like, man, this is cool. So mm. I'd like go home at night and read about, you know, just how to build muscle, stretching, just all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. no matter what, just to learn about it. So. so it sounds like something just clicked. Yes. Yeah, yes. And cool. it felt good and it felt right. What did that feel like? It was great. Yeah. Like I'd never had that feeling from anything before in my life. And that was when I knew it was really important. And it's like, uh, so you obviously went in there, something clicked. You're like, yes. What next? You're like, I should look more into this. Obviously, you started reading, so you're yeah. a bit more than just. Um, I always have a really a hobby, curious mind. Sure. Yeah, I always have a really curious mind. So, like, if I like something, I'll break it down and go mm-hmm. deep into it because that's my way of appreciating it. Mm-hmm. So, like, the only parts I did like from my engineering degree was materials engineering because in materials engineering, they actually look on a deeper level. If you like look at a like say a slice of ceramic under a microscope you can look at the granular structures and how they interconnect with one another and from looking at like that you can actually understand the properties of it Mm. so like even i was really good at chemistry and physics because if you look at life on a deeper level and understand the underlying rules you know the result so i've always had i always enjoyed those things which is why i did engineering because i'm like i do like maths and physics but Mm. the context of it wasn't wasn't there in the engineering degree but like when i do like something i break it down like even when i was a kid playing games like in this one game i played you could click on a I don't know if you played strategy games before. Uh, a few of them, depending yeah. what ones they are. Uh, Age of Mythology. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. You can click on a unit, yeah. and then if you clicked on the unit, you can click on this another button. Man and conquer and all that. Kind yeah, of stuff, but this yeah. this game would tell you the entire like mythology history of all the races you're playing. That's cool. So I'd play the game, but then I'd read about all the like the Norse gods and Egyptian. <laughs> so I would get that immersed in things. So I like going deep into mm. something when I appreciate it. That's so why I did that with with fitness. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, you know, I think everyone should be trying to look for that little thing that kind of helps them tick, isn't it? It's yeah. Not, it's like uh like I like to like link it as like you get that like inner child in yourself and mm. it's just going, Yes, this is mm. great. It's like you're unlocking that again mm. because we're so obsessed in this kind of adult world, we've just forgotten who mm. we are. It's always good to bring the inner child out. Well I mean, I think that's you. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I hate the term like growing up and when like because I, I life coach some people now. When I when I talk about growing up, I really like stress like growing up. Mm. Like you're actually beating you out of the person. Yeah. You like conform to this thing that everyone else has conformed to but we're all miserable we're actually yeah. all forgotten who we truly are definitely yeah and it's you know that they even say like children more like highly to get uh, easily to get linked to consciousness i mean yeah. you look at them play you haven't have a bash like, let's you. play the lava game they're yeah. literally symbolizing love on the ground trying not to touch and i'm like what happened yeah <laughs> what happens is like yeah like it's just it's crazy yeah as we i mean the way the brain works, I don't know if have you gotten much into neuroscience and how it works and whatnot. <laughs> You'd probably know a lot more. Okay, than I would. Yeah, yeah. like like when you're like zero to five or zero to six, you actually have you need a, you need a model of reality to integrate into reality. We're yeah. a, we're a social creature, so you uh, there's different brain states, and the theta state is like. Um, if we were to go into the theta state now, you'd be in a deep meditation. Okay. And yeah, you'd be right in a, right. a deep meditation where your subconscious mind is easily impress mm. impressionable. So like if I was trying to change who I am now, like hypnosis, hypnosis, they actually lull you into a theta state and they place right. suggestions into your subconscious mind. From the age of zero to five or six, you sit in the theta state. And it's, the purpose of that is so your mind can understand a model of reality mm. so you can integrate into that. Because we're a social creature, you yep. need to integrate into that reality. Unfortunately... The current model most people's holding on to hasn't considered emotional intelligence or what feels right to us because a lot of how society was built was post depression from a war, was industrial revolution, mm. re revolution to survive. Everything was very survival oriented, not thriving emotionally because they kind of become two distinct different things. So mm. most people are trying to impress those beliefs onto you and you adopt that. And if you didn't adopt that, you wouldn't fit in and you wouldn't survive. So that's why we all get it trained out of us. And then you're actually doing the wrong thing by not doing that because you're not putting in with the herd. So yeah. it becomes hard for people to reawaken that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Nicely said. But yeah, that was me like meeting one part of my inner child because I'd never been into fitness yeah. that whole time. So it was like, wow. Like mm. I find what like, again, different things you do bring out different parts of yourself. So yep. like I, I met a really cool part of myself that I liked at that time. So mm. I went further into that. Cool, man. So after that, you obviously started like working out. Mm. When did you decide to pursue on it? Um... I, so, I mean, if we fast forward to the end of my degree, I ended up reluctantly finishing my degree. Yeah. And I never... I, How did that feel like, by the way? A relief, man. It was just shit. Just, like, just like, yes, it's done. Not like, yeah, yeah, I've achieved something. For me, it was like, this actually symbolizes me being mm. a fearful pussy and not actually being myself. Yeah. And me... So that's what it symbolized to me. So when it was done, I was like, thank God. But I also didn't have enough um, reason or courage to break mm. that. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was nothing big enough for me to face my fears and there's no clarity or direction for me during that degree. Mm. So I just finished it because I'm like, what else do I do? Yeah. But when I got towards the end of it, um, I'm like, man, surely I shouldn't do this for the rest of my life. And I was teetering on the idea of doing training or something like that. But it was, it was you know, I might mention in conversation, oh, you might do PT. It was not like I am going to do PT. 
like um, I don't know if you've read much of Tony Robbins or listened to Tony Robbins, but yeah, he yeah. talks about making a decision. Mm. And a decision isn't like, yeah, I might do that. A decision is like an entire paradigm shift. Like when you've decided, you've actually decided and you've shifted that. Mm. So I'm big on making decisions and I hadn't made a decision yet. And what does it say? Decision equals destiny. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like these days, like the person I am now, uh, like for example, I've done the ketogenic diet. I can just decide to not eat carbs and shift my reality so completely that I don't even see them as food. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the decision I've made. They're no longer food. So I don't get cravings, nor is it challenging because I've made the decision. So I hadn't made that shift back then. And when obviously when you say decision, there's none of this other conflict with other decisions. It's just, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Not just humming and hiring. Yeah, so there's a difference between humming and hiring and actually definitely. deciding. And most people have never practiced that muscle. Mm. They, they hum and hire about everything because they're trying to do the right thing. I love it how... Uh, Jordan Peterson quotes so it's like uh, when you're making a decision mm. uh, it's like you got these like entities in your head mm. so they're like two entities mm. and it's like they battle each other mm. and it's of course the one the bigger one beats mm. the other one it's, it's a good analogy that is yes and, and when like, you say two there's actually like at any moment moment there's hundreds of like subconscious <laughs> yeah, thought streams that sure. all have their own motivational yeah. desire and the biggest one wins out yeah and like a lot of the motivational techniques i use my clients is actually to grow those mm. entities the ones that are more beneficial to them that serve them their deepest needs to overcome the other ones yeah so that that's cool but let, where where we were uh so you made a decision oh yeah i hadn't made a decision yet you haven't but we're on talking about decisions okay yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. then i hurt my shoulder <laughs> at the end of my degree what happened uh, your shoulder? so i was doing i was in my little backyard gym where i like to jam out it's where my friends and i had bro sessions so i was mm. a little tear slides down my cheek <laughs> to give out those bro sessions um and i was pressing some dumbbells the collar slipped off the plates on the dumbbell were going to slide towards my face and i was like oh my god and i like I don't, what what word did you use for it the tunnel vision Cognitive tunnel. A cognitive Cognic- tunnel yeah, formed yeah. in which I all space and time morphed into me trying to prevent <laughs> this plate crushing my face. And that was with my left shoulder. So in the meantime, I was not actually paying attention to the fact I was holding like a 30 kilo dumbbell in my right shoulder. And then my right shoulder went, yeah. and I heard an audible sound. And I was like, no, because like that was my yeah. main passion. So it was like, imagine like if your main passion is sprinting and someone chops your legs off. It yeah. was that kind of feeling. Yeah, you know what I mean? Imagine yeah. uh, what damage was done to it. It was only a partial tear of one of my okay. rotator cuffs. So, but like physically speaking, I couldn't train, which was like my <laughs> yeah. joy. And I couldn't work as well. And I was in like a lot of pain. And I was at the point in my life where I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? So all of these things kind of coincided at the same time, mm. which actually created like a really good situation for me to want to explore more about life. So I'd always been, because I was intellectual, I like to read, but I'd never read self-help or spiritual texts or anything woo-woo. But I don't know where i got the idea from but i i had a tablet at the time and you can illegally download pdfs on it because i was a poor student i never paid for anything mm. and i like managed to find sites where i could download all these self-help books and i started just like just going balls deep for the lack of a better term into these practices and actually i became addicted to it because i just saw my mind expanding in front of my face mm-hmm. and um that was like the first time when i actually realize that you can shift your mind so i'd seen my body i saw how you could you can change your body and change your identity through training but then i realized there's a process to changing your mind as well mm. and that's actually through that process gave me the belief within myself that it is possible to pursue a life that's yeah. not out of expectation of fear from my parents to actually do what was right to me so this is a good uh self-reflection time really sounds like a me. lot of yeah. self-reflection time i was like like normally i'd go down south and work over the summer i was just by myself reading and vegging out and obviously gaming in there as well but like <laughs> a lot of times just exploring who i was because i never really had that like i was always deriving my identity from my family or what i was doing i mm-hmm. never like 
had a super certain sense of like what does joel want like how do i care for joel so that's what i started looking into what book resonated you the most that kind of helped you make this transition so like a massive one was seven habits of highly effective people and like even if who's the, Stephen, Stephen Covey, Covey yeah, yeah, this one, yeah a really good book like millions of nuggets in that and like he's he's made really great analogies on concepts that everyone should understand like um proactivity versus reactivity like choosing how you react to a situation mm. versus defaultly reacting like mm. actually taking ownership of who you are deciding like how you want to see the world like the world is not a set thing your perspective is your paradigm and you own that so it's a big thing isn't a perception like massive i, I love how think, he dwells into that it's awesome yeah i didn't i didn't know perception was a thing but mm. realize once you realize everything is just how you see it yeah and you can change how you see it yeah. man i could be living the quote-unquote worst life to everyone else but if it feels good to me and it sees good to me yeah i don't care because i've developed a paradigm that supports me so that's what i started getting into those principles really resonate with me the other one was the magic of thinking big and that was it was about positive thought, um, but the, just how to think a little bit more deeply and realize mm. that like big action comes from big thinking as well. Mm. So if you can't kind of get into your imagination, like you said, with children, they can still be creative. If you can't see something in your imagination or creation, you can't bring it to life. Mm. Like one quote I use with a lot of adults who've lost their imagination is like literally every single thing that's being created around us was once a thought, which was once from the imagination. True. So yeah. the imagination, we kill that in society, but it's actually what gives birth to society. Gives yeah. birth. It's what makes us human. And it's what makes us see beyond what's in front of us and think of more. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's even, like yeah, it's crazy when you say it like that, isn't man, it? Man, like, true. like how did Thomas Edison think of a light bulb when it didn't exist? You mm. know, like a lot of, um, and I've researched a lot about this, but a lot of inventors would actually go into a meditative state and be inspired. Mm. And when you say inspired, inspired comes from the term in spirit. Mm. So they're actually getting a guidance from their own, whether you call it universal consciousness or their own deeper self when you remove the ego and actually get into a meditative state, you can gain these mm. things. So I think a lot of people have lost access to their inspirational guidance system. And that's why they're not themselves. Why do you think that is? Because we haven't, we haven't been nurtured to understand that that's the thing that we should use. Mm. So we get given a sense of a sort of like a bunch of tools that aren't very good tools. Like everything you're taught at school, they're all the things you're taught. You're not taught how to listen to what do I actually want? What feels yeah. right to me? How do I communicate with people? How do I make that a reality? How do I think constructively? We're not taught those things. We're back, taught back to school. Eh? We're Love taught it. zombies. We're yeah. taught how to be zombies and how to regurgitate yeah. information, sit at a desk. No animal sits there listening to mindless crap mm. in an artificial environment several hours a day. Uh, so even like, you know, intelligence is based on this kind of grading system. Where yeah. You think, you know, everyone's intelligent and own different way it doesn't have yeah. to be logically it can be people through hands people through art people through and it this. shouldn't be measured even it's it's yeah. so bad man i I remember how toxic it was it's like yeah. you weren't if you weren't intelligent if you didn't get the grades yeah and it's pretty bad it's like a pretty bad effect on the actual child itself. Well, yeah because like a lot of a lot of my clients i work with i'm trying to get them to develop self-love and unconditional love mm. is like you don't need to meet a condition yeah. to feel worthy because like you are you like and this is a statement i use with a lot of my clients like the person you are right now, you got to get used to that. Yeah. Because you might have a sense of who you want to be in the future, but moment to moment, you're that person. So even if you're messed up, even if you're fucked up, you have to accept that because that is you in that moment. And then mm. once you actually do that, you learn to love that guy. Yeah. Like if you look at it from a third person, if there's this person suffering, you don't judge them and shame them. Mm. You would accept them and hug them and Definitely. like love them for that and try and understand yeah. them. But most people don't turn that yeah. onto themselves. It's unfortunate, isn't it? Hopefully, yeah. I have faith. 
Oh no, there's massive phase, man. I see it all the time. Like, I, I just hope, yeah, it can change. It I can. just have faith. Yeah, no, it can. Hundred percent, it can. Like, I've changed hundreds of people's lives already just through personal training, but now through life coaching. Even like, I've got one lady who she has bipolar. I'm not going to mention names or anything, but yep. in two sessions with her, she's made massive emotional leaps that drugs and traditional therapies, like you know, like psyching and squinking, kind of, yeah, 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 whatever you call yep, it, um, definitely. None of that has shifted her at all because no one's actually tried to relate to her and help her understand the emotional and belief orientated problems that she's has in her mind. And mm. just like I say, just me, cause I'm just a random guy who's really enthused about this and read a lot of books and just reflected upon myself without even having life coach yet. Just in these initial sessions, I've already shifted people so much. So there's people well ahead of me and there's people who are refined this more who can create massive shifts. So it is yeah. possible. And I think people are leaning towards it now because the information's out there and there mm. are people out there like yourself giving people a voice mm. to express this kind of stuff. So yeah. it's going to happen got to remember hey, like that thing we have in our heads so powerful man yeah, yeah like because like most so people aren't happy yeah most people aren't happy. so i need to remind myself like if i'm ever struggling with trying to because i pay like a hundred dollars it costs a hundred dollars an hour to talk to me so yeah. like but i need to remind myself i hold the like basically the conceptual understanding of happiness mm. in my mind so when people talk to me i'm just expressing what a happy healthy mind yeah. is like and that is worth mm. no amount because people spend their entire life trying to pursue that so anyone who has some sort of happiness that is value you need to get mm. that out there because most people are looking for that yeah yeah i mean on the subject of happiness isn't it it's uh do you think that's what everyone's trying to achieve deep down yeah like, I mean, if, if you yeah do you think that's like the meaning of life perhaps or? I, I don't think life has a meaning yeah. um i mean if it did it would be to listen to what feels right to you because mm. that's the only true north that everyone has mm. in my opinion but yeah uh okay let's skip that then more to do you think everyone's just trying to achieve happiness? I think, I mean, if you look at, again, the biology of the brain, we're wired to avoid pain because pain meant something was threatening mm. or pain meant something was going to, yeah, basically threaten our survival. And then we would chase pleasure because pleasure, I think dopamine, okay? You get a mm. dopamine hit when you have sex. You yeah. get a dopamine hit when you have food. Dopamine is the basically the chemical of even motivation. So when you crave something or long for something, you're already mm. getting dopamine. When you get it, you get the big hit. So we're basically on a deeper level wired to avoid things that are painful and chase pleasurable things. They're like kind of deeper, they're kind of more shallow emotions in the sense mm. of a human being. I think we have like both biology kind of combining with a soul, if that makes sense. So you have like intelligence, you have emotional guidance and you have physiological guidance. And when you learn to not, I guess, listen as much to the reactive kind of pain pleasure thing and listen to the deeper thing that gives you that deeper satisfaction deeper emotion i think that's the state that mm. we're, everyone wants mm. and they can recount memories of that but they definitely can't put it together do you know what i well mean well said man yeah and that's another thing hey people are going to know the difference between happiness and pleasure yes big difference yes like um you can go to a party having a good time you're not thinking mm. it's just like, yeah yeah this is mm. great this is great but babe, if you were on alone by yourself in a room are you truly happy and it's like uh you know people have this need to fill this void with sort of kind mm. of materialistic items trying mm. to fill that kind of hole but it's just this pleasure they're addicted to which mm. is not the actual true happiness mm. why is that i think a lot of it comes from the fact that our brain is designed not to use a lot of energy so okay, the way i describe yeah. that is like say say there's a kid he sees an airplane flying across the sky mm. and he's like, oh my god what is that <laughs> and then the kid's like oh that's a plane the parent says that's a plane the next time he sees it there's going to be less awe because he's sure. labeled it 
And once your brain has labeled something, it doesn't see it as important because the way our brain is designed is actually seek threats or seek new things. Mm. So everything that we do know, we're actually trying to not consciously think about it. We're trying to store that in our subconscious mind so we don't have to think Mm. about it so we can think about new things that come up. Because if you're consciously analyzing everything in this room in front of you, it takes a lot of brain power that you, you didn't once have. And we came from a time where we didn't have an abundance of energy or food. Mm. So our brain doesn't try to be consciously aware of things. And say, for example, I buy something and I really love it. Eventually, I don't get that anymore because I'm not consciously practicing appreciation for Mm. said thing. So I need a new thing to give me a temporary window of appreciation. It's the appreciation that we're feeling. It's not the thing. Feeling of content kind of thing, really. Well, you're like, like actually like, whoa, this is cool. Like, well, Mm. like content and appreciation there are a lot of words like joy there's a lot of um words that capture like non-polarized um positive emotions so polarized positive emotions come from an infatuation with a thing Mm. which is only seeing the good characteristics so like my man i met this girl she's so beautiful such good sex you get this really strong idea but then you don't see the bad points and don't see the wholeness of it so appreciation is seeing the wholeness infatuation is only seeing the good bits and most people obsessed with polarized positive emotions not complete emotions as in the sense of accepting everything and being appreciative of everything um and then they're chasing those infatuations constantly but once you can only be infatuated yeah. so long before you see the reality of it mm. and then you get a new infatuation that happens again instead of just loving Definitely. everything for what it is well said man uh, good. yeah yeah <laughs> we should probably get back to where anywhere you want to go yeah. that's cool man i like that that was awesome that's all what always happens but yeah you can you can appreciate nothing yeah and your mind is so powerful that like I can be like, Jack, what was the most fucked up time in your life? And you can feel that emotion right now. Mm. Or I could be like, what was the best time in life? You can feel that right now. Mm, no external condition needed to be met mm. for you to feel that. Most people have this wiring that they think that they need something externally to do that. Yeah. And once you detrain that and realize that you can take your mind wherever you want it, you start to think, well, now what do I want to do with my life? Mm. Because I'm no longer searching for something outside of me. Where does Joel want to go? Yeah. And that's where most people, once you've satisfied and you're already satisfied, then what? That's when life becomes a lot more interesting. Definitely, yeah. Everyone gets to that point, doesn't it? Where it's like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you keep doing that. What you're just saying, I get buying and buying. Yeah, it's a never-ending cycle, that's for sure. Uh, where were we? So I know you hurt I, your shoulder. Red yeah, books. Yeah, red got, books got I think work. It was from Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People, and then just went. Phew, yeah, it just opened cool. up a can of worms. That's cool. That's like now who I know who I am now. I love. Even if you look at all the personality types I've done, whether you look at like the hippie star sign ones, whether you mm. look at the the more conventional ones, whether you look at the there's one called the Enneagrams that look at looks at the mental like um complexes you've created. So an example of one of those is the achiever. So um, when you're young, like a lot of parents will only give you love if you achieve a lot. So then you create a strategy of achieving lots in life yep. to earn love. Um, one of mine was type nine, which is like avoiding confrontation. Yeah. So if 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 we're trying to always avoid pain or chase pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I want to get away from this. I'm just going to run into my own world. So uh, on all across all of the different personality types I've done, I love positivity and I love open thinking and being conceptual on those kind of things. So that was the first taste of me through those books. I got to meet the mind state that I like to be in. That's cool, man. Obviously, you're very passionate about the mind. Oh, that's so good, man. That's I good. That's it. good. Yeah. So you obviously had a massive kind of self-reflection, kind yeah. of learning more about yourself, yeah. obviously. So then this is a pretty big transition in yes. your life where you're like, all right, I want to be a PT. Yes. Or, and obviously that was just the start to what other branches it can open yes. up to. Yep, yep, yep. What was that like and how did you start? And one other question as well. Uh, what was that like turning your parents? 
Yeah, so like the the main decision making filter I'd use up until that point was, will this make my parents happy or my family yeah. happy? Because I was the baby boy, mm. you know. I'd never made decisions for myself, and, and my mom loved me so much and gave so much that I wanted to give back too. You know, like you you had this kind of idea of love is reciprocation, where it's not like if so, if I give you something, I should not expect you to give it back. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, in my family dynamic, there was a lot of expectation for it to go both ways. Yeah. That's not unconditional love. That's, That's conditional love. Yeah. I'll love you if you meet my needs. Yeah which is possession and, and controlling. Yeah. But I didn't know any better at the time. Um, but in my mind, the idea of going against my parents was the scariest thing ever because I'd never done it. Once you flex against fear and break it and you've done it, it's gone. Because mm. um, Zig Ziglar, I don't know if you've heard his quote, fear is false, so F, evidence, E, appearing, A, an real. an acronym. False, evidence, appearing real. So wow. it's just an idea in your mind that's not actually life-threatening. Fear was once an emotion designed to keep us alive. A, an imaginary situation or a concept that can't hurt you, your emotions running mm. rampant. Honest, it's not designed for that. Yeah. Um, there's another tangent now. Sorry, I went got another tangent. But basically, like our brain as a as a human, we can't tell the difference between a thought and reality. So as a male, even a female, you think of someone sexy, you feel blood rushing to your genitalia. Mm. There's not actually a sexy person there, but your body doesn't know the difference. And unfortunately, when you think of an an imaginary situation, it appears real. You get the same thing but yeah. you're playing out something that's not actually happened mm. and even if it may happen it doesn't mean it will happen the next time the next time the next time so we get paralyzed by this thing that was once meant to protect us from a survival situation now doesn't serve us and stops us from actually yeah. thriving so i was trying to fight against that um scary shit but basically the thing that shifted me was visualizing what it would be like if i continued down this path of engineering for another 20 years and i just visualized that guy just ruined and wrecked and I lived it, and it just made me... That was a moment where I felt depressed. Uh, that's a pretty important technique, I reckon, visual, visualization technique. I know uh, Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, he did the exact same thing. Kind of was in his office and was like, pretty much either start his own business mm. or stay in this... Pro and mm. I think that's what he said. He was like, if I'm there 80 years old, I'm going to regret this decision kind mm. of thing. And I think it's powerful, man. That's visualization is the only way for you to like take your your mind into a hypothetical and be like how would i feel here mm. so if i'm like say you're trying to make a decision that you think's right for you you can't look at the rational things because you can make any up any rational argument for anything yeah. you know what i mean but if you were living that how would you feel and your brain is smart enough to give you instantaneous feedback yeah. and then that's the feedback for you to know well this is good for me mm. do you know what i mean so if you're imagining a situation it feels right go for it that's mm. that's what it's there Intuition. for <laughs> yes yeah. but it's even it's just it's more than that it just knows because like oh that would be cool mm. you know that would be cool uh so yeah had the depressive thoughts okay. yeah yep. yeah it's also important not to dwell into it too much it depends. You don't want to be stuck in la la land. Yeah, that's, so that, that there's always a like. That's important, kind of talk about. That's yeah, for sure. so you, if you're if you're going into a visualization, it is then important to act upon that feeling. Okay. So say for example, I want to become a, a life coach and a speaker on stage. In the mornings, I'll visualize myself in front of an audience sharing mm -hmm. amazing information. I hold on to that feeling, and I behave from that state. Mm -hmm. So if I'll behave like that guy, because that's how you create a personality. And, and that's the process. You don't live in your head. You take hold of how it should feel, yep. behave in that way, and that's it. So if you want to be more confident, imagine you just socializing with people. Oh, that feels easy. Hold on to that easy feeling. Yeah, yeah. If you feel resistance come up and interrupt that, return back to the feeling. That's that's all you have to do. Do you still practice those? Every morning. Okay, cool. Yeah, every morning. So every so morning I'll get up. I like having my own time before work. I love serving people, but 
I feel like I need to recharge my own batteries and reorientate my mind. Well, you can't pour from an empty cup. No, and I and I so I love every morning. I'll do some journaling. I'll expose myself to some um, reading or listen to something. What do you? Uh, let's go to journaling. Yes. Are you just journaling like gratitude, or is it more I'm along doing, the lines I'm of going from a book at the moment called Forty Days of Power? Okay. Um, and it's actually a process from this guy who. I heard him from another podcast, as you do. It's like going on a YouTube tangent, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. podcast to podcast yeah. to podcast. Like, oh, the reason I liked him is because he had a lot of ideas that I've already pondered over and tried mm. to make it reality, but he systemized it. So he systemized a process of breaking emotional holding patterns and beliefs and then taking that into a, a, a journaling process to break them apart, yeah, to okay. get rid of them. So this has been massive for me. And I don't do it religiously every morning when I feel the need to do yeah. it. I'll get into it. If I've done something and I'm energized for two weeks after that, I'm not going to have to try and work on myself more. I'm mm. going to enjoy the fruits of that discovery sure. and yeah. live that out. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people will read a self-help book that don't action it. Yeah, that's a big What, what are you thing. doing? It's yeah. untapped potential energy yeah. that's not being utilized. Given this information, but you're not implementing yourself. Yeah. I, I, to me, I find that as a, like a waste of time. It is. The book. What's like, the point what, of doing what's it? What's the point? Yeah. You're trying to fap your own intelligent yeah, yeah, ego or what? Definitely. Or you're trying to change yourself? Like, the biggest thing from all my self-help books is like I actioned everything. It yeah. was like a little project with myself. Like one big thing that changed me as a person was a body language book because mm. your body language is how you express yourself emotionally. Mm. And if you look at us as a creature, like we found skeletons 200,000 years ago, homo sapiens, yeah. homo sapiens. We've had language maybe pre-agriculture 15,000 years. 185,000 years, we didn't communicate with words. We communicated purely through body language and tone. So your body language intrinsically shows you how you're feeling because mm. as creatures, we would need to... Ex yeah. show that to other to other um, animals so when i read that and actually understood that on a deeper level i started to pay attention to my own body language as a form of emotional awareness so i took something so simple and then use it to train myself to be happy because i'm like man why am i closing up here if i wanted to be happy i would be open here and accept mm. this situation i basically saw if people don't understand closed body language is you're hiding yourself away mm. um, from a protective mechanism so say for example even if you cross your legs you're covering a sensitive area, your genitalia, which is not even sexual expression, it's emotional expression. Mm. We move through the hips and stuff. If you cross your arms, you're covering your heart, which is another form of emotional expression. Yep. Breaking eye contact, looking away, looking mm -hmm. down, all these kinds of things. Um, we do that all the time because we don't feel comfortable. But yeah. why shouldn't we feel comfortable all the time? And that was yeah, a question you... I asked myself and I trained myself to be comfortable all the time. So that was through actioning just one thing from one book. Do you know what I mean? Be comfortable with uncomfortable. Yeah, because uncomfortable is just an idea. You know, mm. it's just you know, you're mm. not, you can't, not everything's known or certain or controllable. So mm. get used to it. Yeah, definitely. Well said, man. Uh, we venture off again. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I love this. I yeah. love it when it happens. Uh, let's go back to. Okay, so you want to become PT? Yes. Okay. And facing the parents. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so obviously so facing one of our fears. Yeah. So which is big. To face a fear, you need a greater reason to beat that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'm using an analogy. A mum is not going to jump in in front of a bullet for a pumpkin. She has no meaning or no reason or no emotional attachment. She will jump in front of a bullet for a kid. So you need enough emotional reason or meaning mm. to overcome something painful. Otherwise, it's irrational for you to expose yourself to that pain. Mm. But if there's a greater pleasure pulling you towards or a greater pain pushing you forwards, you'll overcome it. Mm. And that's what I lived through in that moment. I'm mm. like, this hurts so damn much that i'm gonna face my parents because fuck that and that's what i did and then that was the moment where i was like oh, i'm me i had like this yeah. big weight lifted off my chest yeah. and i actually was like oh wow now that that's not there what am i going to do with my life how did that go down um i mean it's, it's kind of how i expected it whether i manifested that or not i don't know but they were disappointed they were concerned they were like why the hell are you doing that like 
for mm. people who don't realize PT compared to engineering, 90 something percent of PTs fail in their first year. It's something that people like, oh, I got fit in six weeks. I'm going to go yeah. train people. It's not yeah. seen as like this lucrative thing. But for me, it was so much more than that because I knew I could transform people's lives mm. through that. And then, you know, you, and also though, there's a lot of them just aspect for money. You actually cared about transforming yes. people's lives. Man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You, yeah. yeah, There's a big thing, care. I really, Massive. yeah, I yeah. want people to grow because yeah. I've seen that transform myself and bring my life to mm. life to life. Mm. And I want other people to, I think everyone has a deep right to deserve that. Mm. So that's why I share my message. Isn't it funny? I bet you know, a lot of people say, oh, Joel, thanks for that. And you'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I should be thanking you. Yes. It goes in a two-way street. Yes, you know? yeah. every time. Everyone yeah. thinks I've done them a favor, but like, I always... Get enough just the satisfaction is what you give to me or what seeing your results. Well, yeah. this is... So, treat this conversation as an example. You're giving me the opportunity to express myself. So, mm. you're allowing me to bring out a version of me. So, yeah. you're doing that service to me. Mm. So, when I have a conversation with someone, someone's thanking me, I'm like, no, thank you for letting me yeah. express yeah. myself. There's never, it's always a win-win. And yeah, if you build sure. your life around win-wins, it's awesome. So that's a great point. Mm. Yeah. It's also in the book as well, Seven Habits. <laughs> Big one. Yeah. If you extrapolate them out though, yeah, like, they yeah. actually hold so much to them. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. How did that feel afterwards? Massive sense yeah. of relief, but also a little bit like, what do I do now? You mm. know, like, what do I do now? What, and what was next? So obviously you needed to get your... I need to get money so I could do my PT course. So from that point onwards, because I had, not only did I face the fear and have that pain, once I once I knew I wasn't doing engineering, that pain was no longer there. Mm. So then, what was replaced with with was like, what's next? What's that big light that I'm running towards? So instead of being pushed by fear, I was being pulled by pleasure or yeah. pulled by what could be, which is a much nicer energy to be driven by mm. because you're not being slave driven to do something. Mm. You're being inspired to do something. So I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I can in my power to get to the position where I want to be in. So I I got the the next job that I could, which was a twenty dollar an hour laboring job, building yep. like racks for Bunnings, um, working with laborers. Um, would get up really early in the morning, train at like 4.30, go to work at 5.30, come home, study personal development, you know, work on myself, read, um, play games. Mm. Just did that for six months. Um, got to my TAFE course and I talked to you about this earlier, but I was like the cool kid of my TAFE course because mm. by then I was jacked. I was like 87 kilos oh. with abs. Yeah, mm. I could deadlift over 200. Nice. I could bench over 100. So I was a big, strong guy and I knew everything about fitness. I knew more than the lecturers, which was frustrating as well. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because they, they didn't actually care. Mm. So when you really care, you'll learn a lot. You it's know like, what I mean? It's probably not enough information getting taught at those kind of, yeah. Man, like when you know, and I don't even know enough and I've been intensely studying this for a long yeah. period of time. But once you realize like the body is the vessel for the soul and it's not just like train your pecs and arms, mm. emotions affect your posture. Um, so many biological and physiological chemical processes meeting with the psyche Definitely. simultaneously it's not that simple. Mm. So for people to assume that it is, is not good. And for people to reduce something so complex into just a six-week course is a bit of butchery in my opinion. But my opinion, I break everything down and go really mm. deep. So it is yeah. what it is, you yeah. know. Uh, that's good, man. And it should be more like that, that's for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Cool, man. So you finally got to where, obviously, it's just the start of the new journey. You got, you obviously, you've saved enough money, got the certification, and then... What was next? You got so, a job. so even during that, just to, to backpedal, like yep. I was, it was a five day a week course. I didn't work. Um, and I was only getting like $470 a fortnight from Centrelink. So I was living off $470 yeah. for eating and rent and everything as well. So basically like lived off beans and rice and everything. Like you got to do what you got to do. And I could have worked, but I'm like, fuck, I don't need work. I'm just going to do more fitness stuff, you know? So I just like, I didn't care about a lot of people like, Oh, I want to have the money. Like 
think about how you can make it work. Don't think about yeah. Like just do it and you'll it's get so it done. Funny. They're so fixated on the problem. You yes. be looking at the solution. Yeah. You know, you know, like if you put all the energy in that, you will make it work. Yeah. And obviously you did. And when you're in that state, I'm mm. not complaining about how little money I have. I'm happy because I'm living my dream. Yeah. That was the reality of mm. it. And a lot of people haven't taken that step, so they don't know that feeling. So they're like, oh, fear, 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 fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So finish the TAFE. Even before I graduated, I started looking for jobs. Um, first job I applied for, I got it, and that was in Anytime Fitness in Midvale. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about a 30-minute trek for me, but I didn't care. I'm like, this is a job. I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I got there. The manager was a dick. He just didn't care, you know? And like, I didn't even have a uniform shirt. I was there the first night, and he's literally <laughs> like, go sell some sessions. Wow. I didn't even learn how the computer system worked. I didn't even know how much a session cost. It's really funny how you like, you trying to... Sell these and go, dude, do you even work here? Like, yes. No. <laughs> and these are all the doubts on my mind. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what a session yeah. is. Who the fuck, what am I doing? Yeah. All these things. And so you obviously introduced to another aspect of like sales, which is obviously so very Yes, yeah. yes. And a lot of people, this is, a lot of people have a negative connotations around sales, not realizing that like sales is purely, if you're doing heart-centered sales, it's purely, you're just trying to explain what the best possible solution is for that individual from where you stand. Mm. No ego involved. If you're thinking, like I tell people, if they're thinking about the money aspect, they're thinking about earning money from you. They're not thinking about serving you. So if I'm trying to explain to you like this is the best option, mm. I'm not caring about price at all. And mm. then I just tell you from the heart. It took me a long time to understand that because at first I'm like, oh, like I'm someone's charging me $6 an hour for this shit. That's a lot of money when you first start. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, oh, and all these other things went in place. I was, man, it was a gym I'd never been to. So if anyone's yeah. ever signed up to a gym they've never been to and then they're asked to sell something to the regulars, I, they were more regular than me. Mm. I was just some random dude, you know what I mean? So it was a very scary little period there. I think, it, to be honest, I think it was good for you. It was when, great. Yeah, it when made you, me when grow we, so much. Yeah, when you look back at it, it's yeah. like so funny. It was just like you were just thrown into there like, okay. Yeah, and I had to, and I had to learn and grow. Mm. And because I had that desire to want to, build that life i had no other choice mm. than to become good at socializing to gain confidence to learn how to engage with people and just to just to yeah just connect with people mm. as quickly and as easily as possible do you know what yeah. i mean um and become a really good at what i did because if i'm like if i become amazing at what i do i will not have any doubt in my mind of offering my service i actually want to share that with people good, so man. i gained yeah. so much growth from that oh, that's good so anytime mm. obviously thrown into this foreign world where yeah. it's like shit single yeah. swim uh, what were the challenges? Because you said you worked for two, three year period. Mm. I remember you were saying, what were the challenges? Two years, yeah. Obviously, the, the ones you told just then. What were the other challenges and obstacles you had to face? Uh, well, first of all, I was like, just learning to like break the ice and just like, because I was also quite insecure at the time. So like yeah. about myself, and this is where a lot of learn, like in a lot of mindfulness, pra- mindfulness practices is like, the voice inside your head is not a mind reader. So if, say if, when I was insecure, I explained to you the mental landscape of my insecure mind. Uh, if I didn't like my nose or something, I'd, I'd, when someone's looking at me, I'd be like, oh man, they must be looking at my nose. <laughs> That's what my yeah, mind was saying. Yeah, but yeah. that is insanity. So yeah. I don't actually know what they're looking like, nor can I control that, nor should I care. It's so funny when you get so obsessed about your own insecurities, other people aren't even looking at them. No. Like, yeah. But that, so the place I was yeah. in when I first got to any time, I had all this doubt running mm. through my mind. So I had to learn to... I think a lot of people can associate with that, man. Everyone Definitely. has that because yeah. everyone has these things that they hate in themselves, which is just an idea. Like what is a perfect nose? What is a perfect mm. anything? Yeah. You are you. You have to accept that. Love that's yourself. the reality of it. Yeah, love mm. it for what it is, not because, oh, I love it because of X. No, I love it because it is. Yeah. Like if yeah, you see a little good. baby running around, you know, like I love that baby because he's running really well. <laughs> like that baby's cute because he's them. They're yeah. just expressing yeah. themselves. So uh-huh. we need to learn to love that in myself. So I went through a big process of learning to 
not judge myself and gain true confidence in who I was, not false confidence, not like I meet X standard, therefore I should be confident. No, like I, this is Joel, like let's accept this guy. It's powerful, man. That was a big lesson yeah. first because until I could get into that energy and that state, I couldn't sell. Mm. Um, and then I also became super jacked and sexy as shit. That was awesome <laughs> as well. And that made me learn a lot about the ego of appearance mm. um, because the, when I did meet my partner in that gym, she didn't even notice it, mm. which was amazing because yeah. she just noticed me mm. and that was great because i'd been working so hard for this body that didn't matter yeah um so i went through a period of actually like deconstructing and rebuilding my ego after that because i'm like why does why is my training if appearance doesn't mm. appearance doesn't matter but there was deeper stuff to it yeah. um but working with people that i didn't resonate with was hard at first because now i can pick and choose my clients if yeah. someone wants to work with me and i feel like we're a fit I'm like, cool, I'd love to work with you. I'm not scraping the barrel choosing anyone. Mm. So back then, I would have to take on anyone because I need to eat. So I would have these closed-minded people who didn't want to listen to the things that I had to say, who didn't want actually actual help. Mm. And I was like, what the hell do I do? Do you know what I mean? So I was working with really challenging people all the time. Um, and then management didn't care. If you go in a big box gym, they're money-making machines. They're not like yeah. trying to nurture their trainers because trainers build the culture of the gym. And, and people are there to get results. And we're the facilitators of those results. They didn't really care about that. So it was just like a very big incongruency to what I thought this job may be and who mm. I wanted to be, but also massive growth to try and patch those things as well as I could. Yeah. Cool, man. So that And that's where I met the human salmon. <laughs> oh, and he was looking for answers and now he has a podcast. <laughs> Boom. Beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, that was cool, man. And Ray and I, that was, yeah, like you said, two, three years ago since yeah. we... I didn't even know what the hell I wanted to do. I remember I was in... You had a lot of money. You didn't yeah, know what you wanted. mining job. Yeah. This is like... I thought this was meant to be the answer and it was clearly not. Yeah. Like, uh, That's the kind of road that I imagined myself going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. I didn't I didn't even think of that man, until I actually self-reflected. That was good. Yeah. Which we just did. Cool, man. That was good. Well said. Um, so, the next step is probably talk about SMA. Yes. Okay. So, when I was at Anytime Fitness, I met two guys, Navar Poole and Josh Hardy. Yeah. Um, I didn't know either of them really well, but they had this vision of opening up a gym two doors down, um, a functional fitness gym with no mirrors, no machines. It had a stage and a seminar room. And I'd always wanted to express my ideas. Mm. And they were like, hey, Joel, we're going to employ you to be our head coach without having to pay rent. So wow. people who yeah. don't realize as a trainer, you have to pay 250 up to $320 a week rent just to work at a gym. So they take that much of your money, plus they expect you to do like five to 10 hours of work within the gym before you even make your own money. Wow. So they're not trying to support the trainers. They're trying to make money from the trainers, although the trainers are the things that would make their businesses better. Really fucked up model, but that's the yeah. model. It's like yeah. the teaching thing, it's yeah. the model. Whereas these guys are like, here's the holy promised land, Joel. And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, so SMA, it was a bit of a rocky period getting from any time to SMA because legally I was not allowed to work at a gym within a 10K yeah. radius yeah. or take clients because they could sue me. But when they found out that I was leaving, they unlawfully fired me and broke the contract anyway. So it was okay. They they broke Josh's contract as well. Josh was a member at any time. Yeah. Josh went to his best efforts to try to build a good relationship with these girls because we're in a different niche. Yeah. And they blew it up in his face and yelled at him. It was so immature and that was just... A sign of where they're at themselves, which we can't judge, but lol, yeah, it was yeah, so silly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So obviously like minded people attract like minded people. So yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh obviously what were you thinking coming up to that, like, okay, this is a new gym. Mm. Any doubts, any like no. Nah. Just thought no, it just felt right? but it felt amazingly right because I'd visualized it happening. Yeah. Um by then I had gotten into the law of attraction and, and for those of you who don't know, is like what you 
think about with emotion you can create as reality yeah. whether that happens from you just making it happen with magic or mm. whether that drives your internal behaviors to shift without you thinking i saw that process unfolding in front of my eyes so yeah um in that process as well i met the love of my life i love myself i wasn't looking for love and i found love so for anyone who's desperately looking for a partner they're going to sniff the desperation do you love you and then someone will come along who actually loves you so that's Definitely. a little side snippet of that um and the note on meeting like-minded people the point where i started changing who i was to who i wanted to be i always knew that i'd meet people like me and i did feel lonely but i never forced it as well i just did me and eventually those people appeared so you have to be willing to go through being alone to create the life that you want you can't cling yeah. to the old life that you had and that's that's definitely it isn't it like you know we're social beings we don't like being alone which yeah is, but you have to be comfortable with being alone you, know? you gotta love yourself man. Yeah, man yeah definitely like you have to be like in those moments when you're alone like this is awesome like I'm with me. Yes, and, you're getting and, to meet and have a relationship with yourself. And that shouldn't be shot upon. No, and people, you know, people talk about self-love like saying some affirmations. No, self-love is the act of loving yourself, which is yeah. spending time with yourself and doing the things that make you feel good. Like I say to people, imagine you're taking yourself on a date. Mm. What would you do? Why yeah. aren't you doing that in your life right now? That's the one fear I've definitely been challenged with myself, mm. being lonely, but mm. it's something I've worked on and I've gotten a lot more better with it. And it's mm. just like, it's fine you know mm. obviously obviously that's why i'm gonna go travel around the world all mm. by myself because that's what i fear and that's mm. what i'm gonna do which mm. is cool yeah and you can <laughs> dig into like, they can come from various places do you yeah. know what i mean but it's more the feeling that's the problem this is and this is just life in general once you let go of that feeling the feeling is the thing blocking you so yeah. like, if you have a fear of being alone that's going to subconsciously change your behaviors around other people which is actually going to create you being alone because if you have a fear that means if i take people away from you that's going to hurt you yeah. And that means you've got a conditional happiness attached to mm. other people. Whereas if you have, if you let go of that and just whatever is, is that, the, that desperateness is going to go away and then you're going to be able to connect with people more easily. So once you can gain emotional intelligence and like break that false evidence appearing real, then you actually get what you want. Like another side point of that is someone's too scared to chase their dreams. They won't then actually even act to get their dreams. So yeah. their fear is creating the reality to begin with. So it's really important to identify the fears and don't, you can heal it through action and evidence, but also just like, Learn to let go of that fear and trust what is. We'll heal it as well, yeah. Why do you think people, you know, we see it so much today, mm. hate what they do but don't act upon it? Do you think there's a fear of being stuck? or Let's just label this fear. I think that's... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. Um, Why do they let fear control their heaps, lives? Heaps, 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 heaps. Because, like, let's say, for example, the inner you is an artist but the outer you is an accountant. Like, <laughs> there's so much... Yeah. That's good. Your entire reality has to break. So all of your friendship, most of who you are is probably a lie. And so admitting to yourself that your entire life is a lie and is just, painful. Was that quote is, you know, if you, how can you be true to others if you can't be true to yourself? Massive, you know, massive. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that thing, the thing is, A, say you've not realized for 10 years or like you know, midlife crisis, people may have had 20 years till they realize they're off track. But then how the fuck do you actually take the actions to get on track? Yeah. That's equally as daunting. So Definitely. people are easier. It's easier to stay where you have momentum and safety than to actually take that leap mm. where you may fail. People feel fa fear failure as well. Um, whereas failure, like I'm a movement guy. Look at movement. Um, if you look at human babies learning to walk, they fall over like 200 times. Yeah. Do yeah. they like, oh no, that's it. No, that is an actual part of the learning process. That's you cool. have to be willing to fail. So failure is not failure. Failure is like, oh, that didn't work. Now I have feedback as to what may work. Any Moving in any direction, at least you're going to get some feedback. But staying mm. in that same loop of that same comfort zone of that same life, nothing can change. So people fear failure. People fear being criticized or not understood. 
Um, people fear admitting to themselves the pain that they're going through. Like if you've been living a life for 20 years and then you're like, holy fuck, man, I've been torturing myself for 20 years. It's easier to drink and buy something than to admit that to yourself. So there's... Numb, numb the pain. Yeah, and it depends where it came from originally. So there's so many reasons, you know. It's pretty sad to see, that's for sure. It is, man, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I mean, us as examples is a pretty good point. Yeah, man. you could have stayed in your engineering path. I could have stayed in the mines. Like, yeah, boy. By jet ski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I hope to inspire, you know. Like, yeah. You don't have to. Tell them to. You do don't, man. Like, literally, like, I knew not. I, I'm terrible organization, terrible business. People pay me $100 an hour now just to talk to me. Yeah. Because I've just been doing me for like four years. In four years, I went from someone who was doing $20 an hour laboring to being paid $100 an hour life coaching just because I had the desire to do it. Mm. And I could have done it looking back so much more effectively and efficiently. I didn't even nail it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just kept chasing a good feeling. So the potential's there, especially in the age of information with social media, with the internet. There's You don't have to take a traditional course of making money. The people who take less conventional methods of making money make more money. Mm. If you're trading your time for money, you're stuck trading yeah. your only resource for money. I can make my time worth more for money. If you work with for someone else, you can't. I can sell information for money. You can't in a traditional traditional job. So you actually have more potential, even if you're chasing success, doing it through your own means than by another mean. But anything's possible. If someone else has done it, you can do it. Mm. That's the bottom line. But people are too scared of that. If someone came up to you and go, Joel, how did you do it? Mm. Uh, what would you recommend? That would, you, would you say maybe start something small and then mm. work your way to help you overcome the fear? Or would you... Mm. What would you say to them? I know it's a bit of a hard question. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so contextual. And, and, I, and it's so like a lot of variables involved. There's obviously situations. Yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Um, first of all, you need to define what you want. Yeah. So no you one, think like a purpose. Well, if we look back to that point where I was too fearful to face my parents, most of us have forms of those fears coming in different ways. So you either need to reflect on the pain that you have in your life and how big that is as a driver to push you through mm. the the fear that's in your way or the dream that you want because you can try to people can willpower behaviors as much as possible but willpower takes conscious effort whereas emotionally driven actions are intrinsic and require no effort so i don't have to get up and force myself to love my job all day because i love it because it's inspiring me for my dream so if you're running away from something or running towards something emotionally it does not require willpower it shifts your behaviors so once you can build enough desire or build enough pain it's going to make you move and once you start moving shit happens so that's what I'd say to most people. It's like, get, what do you actually want? Yeah. Once you get moving, you get feedback and shit happens like yourself. Get addicted to it, eh? It's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Always got to remember that feeling, eh? Like, you need to re- reconnect to that on yeah, a regular definitely. basis because someone might read a book or have an inspiring conversation and be like, yeah, I'm motivated for a day. They don't replug into that feeling every day. Yeah. If you've been conditioned for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years to feel one way, it's going to take more than like one plug once a week. to. Re- you have to remind yourself of that every moment of every day yeah. until that becomes your default state. Yeah. Well said, man. Mm. It was good. Uh, SMA. Yes. So let's talk. How are you enjoying it now? How long have you worked there now? Uh, two, up, up, almost two, but maybe just over two years because two years. I started before it opened. Yeah. Um, uh, why is this gym different from others? Because... That's the same question to Navar. Yes. Okay. So Navar and Josh opened this gym with a vision to basically from all their collective gym experiences, they were never satisfied. They never felt like it had given them what they wanted from a gym. Most people... I can definitely relate to that as well. Yeah. A lot of people can, yeah. Yeah, most people don't feel accepted in a gym and they think this gym is a place of ego and lifting and performance where it's actually a place where people need to be healthy and get better. Mm. So we, 
at SMA, and this is just my perspective at SMA, it has embodied a place that is there to help people be better. Yeah, It's not just, and by better, I don't mean like you have to improve, but to be healthier and happier and that kind of thing. So really symbolize that. And because it symbolized that, we've learned to grow in all areas. So I basically built the fitness culture of that gym. Like I'm not going to be arrogant and saying I know way more about fitness than everyone else mm. there because it's my true passion. It's their passion to a degree, but it's not their true passion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. like I built the entire culture there and it made me grow a lot because I'm like, fuck, I'm the head coach of this gym. This is a gym with no machine. So I have to build a movement culture here. Mm-hmm. So I have to create systems and processes for everyone here to move better and be better and feel better. Mm. That was my responsibility. So it made me grow a lot in that sense. Um, and I was also like the spiritual guy of the group. So all these people that had these ambitions, but from how I saw it, they were very afflicted and torn and didn't have that trust within themselves and that kind of thing. So I took it upon myself to boost these people up because I realized they had really beautiful intentions and I wanted them to get the most out of their lives as well. So although I wasn't the leader of the business, I tried to leave from the background and trying to support and love these people as much as possible so they could facilitate their dreams mm. selfishly because it supports my dreams as well, but unselfishly because I love them. So mm. for we eventually all of us are now quite emotionally intelligent and spiritual in the sense that we're trying to be better and trying to help others love more yeah. and enjoy life. Yeah. So literally just not treating them like a number, just treating them like a person. Everyone's like, a person, man. Yeah. Like if you pretend everyone's you, would you mm. treat them differently? Like yeah. if you're talking to Jack right now, yeah. you would listen a bit more. You would care about it. Maybe you wouldn't because you hate yourself. Some people <laughs> don't, but you know. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean though. Definitely. That's cool. Well said, man. And you know, someone as I've been going there, it's a lot more better than going to just regular gym. That's mm. for sure. Mm. Like, that's cool. So without revealing too much, what are the goals for SMA in the future? So we're we're... I, my my ultimate dream because you know we're talking about systems before I don't know if we talked about it on mic or not but like like say for example the school system's crap you need to make something better the medical system's corrupt if if you have say for example cancer cancer is a result of your body being way out of homeostasis like yeah. out of its natural state for a long period of time to the point where its cells get incorrect commands and proliferate and kill mm-hmm. you um, a healthy body generally does not do that medicine throws a pill or a solution at the problem without actually trying to facilitate balancing out the human being whether that's emotionally lifestyle nutrition movement all of these things so my dream to beat or to compete with the medical system is to build health centers that you have um, therapists of every kind of angle who are maybe have emotionally intelligent neurolinguistic practitioners or Mm. psychotherapists naturopaths doctors all under one roof with a big gym and a big community and everything. So if you go in there and you have anxiety, you can actually get treated holistically. That's cool. So man. you can actually do a better job than the hospital. So people with depression can actually get treated for what's causing it, which might be mommy or daddy issues or them not living a life that's true to them, mm. not just here's a pill. Mm. So that's my long-term dream. And we want to grow SMA into a bigger SMA, which kind of is like the next iteration of that vibe. So a bit more therapy oriented, maybe have some float tanks, you know, maybe have some therapy rooms. Um, we want we have a seminar room at FSMA where we educate people, so we yeah. want to have that vibe. And then the next iteration would be some form of a health center. Yeah. So that's SMA's goals. Yeah. What about your goals? Mine is to help facilitate that. So I found so um without linking to your SMA goals, what about your personal goals? Yeah. Any, so I found my strength. Although I am good at what I do as a practitioner in business, there's practitioners who are good at a craft, and then there's business people who are good at looking taking a step back and looking broadly Mm -hmm. so although i'm good as a practitioner i'm actually better as a networker and as a glue as well because i can see the strengths in people and bring out their best strengths and bring them together as well so i want to be facilitator to helping 
professionals be better. So I want to train personal trainers and help them be better and mm-hmm. actually upgrade the entire standard of the, the personal training industry. The way I see it, every PT potentially could be changing lives better if that were if if I help them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if I gave all PTs a little bit of mindset stuff, a little bit of goal setting stuff, if one PT has twenty or thirty clients, I've helped twenty or thirty people. If I train and systemize mindset for four hundred PTs, I've helped however yeah. many people. So there's a low hanging fruit, a line of first defense for health and, and mindfulness there that I could instantly upgrade mm. and I would love that myself because I'm passionate about like crafts. So I want to do that. Um, Definitely just trying to revolutionize the whole fitness industry. It needs like. it. You know what I mean? Because people are unhealthy. They're fucked. Like most people's depression and anxiety, a lot of it, a lot of it's mental, but a lot of it's physical. Mm-hmm. Their body is like, oh, yeah. you're going to feel crap. Like when they, when they say clinical depression, there's like several different mechanisms which can occur. Mm. Only one of which can be treated by SSRIs. Not all of it's serotonin driven. Like if you have a bad thyroid and thyroid's the the gland that produces the the hormones that give you energy and your thyroid doesn't work and you have no energy, are you going to feel depressed when you're like, mm. Mm. yes. Does, yeah. this, does a serotonin drug work? No. Is it still labeled as clinical depression from how they're talking about themselves? Yes. So there's this massive gap in health integrated in society society and mindset as well mm. so i want to try and educate as much as possible in the most intelligent ways as possible and also much like you're doing with your podcast almost create like a ted talk platform for health professionals you know like here are all the best perspectives on how we can make the the human kind of better race let's share this information mm. without dogma without um judgment just trying to make people better because this information's made me better it's made me mm. from an anxious nerd into like a powerhouse like I wrote a thousand word document in like really technical sales jargon in 30 minutes, um, which was effortless because I've trained my brain to be so powerful now. I've trained my body to lift heavy things. Anyone can do it. And I want that mm. information to be out there for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Um, I also want to be some form of emotional or spiritual life coach. I even like imagine in the future, once I've satisfied my my bigger dreams of making a big impact on society, just retreating away to be like a little hippie shaman kind of guy, you know, like taking people on. off the grid kind of thing. Yeah, and like more like organically driven. But right now I'm thinking more impact because this information, it would be selfish of me not to share it with as many people Hmm. as possible. So I want to help trainers. I want to get out my mindset information. But SMA is heavily intertwined with my goals of building that health center as well. So. It's good finding something that associates with your Lines needs my values, full stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Let's uh, talk about spirituality. Hell yeah. Tell us about it. Where uh, do we start? Where do you start? Okay. Um, how, how does spirituality, uh, let's say, what are the words I'm looking for? How do you practice spirituality? And talk about spirituality to people that obviously don't know about it. Okay, so like, I... I know we need labels for things, so it's cool to label it, spirituality, but... It's hard to kind of sometimes Yeah, describe but I want to more describe spirituality as like getting to know your own spirit. Like, mm-hmm. say for example, like if you have a kid born, why does one kid like carrots and one kid like peas when there's been no nurture involved? It's purely nature. Like, how can you have twins that are completely different personalities? Mm-hmm. We know there is an essence or a soul. We know, why did I love fitness? Why, did, do, why does some person love knitting? There's always something deeper to us that we can't explain. And Mm. humankind has been searching for that their entire life. Mm. Um, Spirituality for me is the practice of getting to know what your spirit wants. It's not, you don't have to involve crystals or meditation or anything. It's the process of getting to know the deeper emotional drivers behind what makes you, you and pursuing that. So labels aside, you can be atheist and call it self-uality and practice what is right for me. And I think most people never, we look externally to compare to the, the values of a society. So if a society values fashion, 
being sexy and money, most people think if they don't meet those things, they're not being the best version of them. Yeah. But if intrinsically you love knitting, um, playing with your dick and running around <laughs> naked, then you're failing yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. I think spirituality, all labels aside and all dogmas and connotations aside is just finding compassion and living a life mm-hmm. that's true to you. How do you tell someone to kind of help them kind of dwell into their spirituality? What would you kind of... And I know it's a bit hard as well. No. Back to labeling things. No, no, no. Labeling things is fine. Like you need to label... We need to label things to make sense of things. Um, First of all, like the first process I give people is just to pay more attention. So So self-awareness? Yes. But the first practice of that is to like, what actually made you feel good in that day? What actually caught your attention? What felt right? So would you recommend like meditation? Like no, just, not at all. No, no. Just, I think meditation is 10 steps too far for most people. Okay. Take your average Joe. Their brain goes crazy. If I ask that average Joe to sit there in his thoughts and not think, yeah, that's like level like, yeah, 10 of yeah. mindfulness. Do you know what I mean? But if I can be like average Joe, what thing do you do in your life that brings you to that state? Ask him the important video questions. Video games. Yeah. I can yeah. play video games. I get mindfulness. What feeling do you get from that? this feeling what other areas would you have to get that feeling that is the fundamental feeling that, that person yeah. wants to pursue in their life do you know what i mean so really the first step is cataloging yeah. so when you're in your external world what actually catches your fancy you don't have to ask why mm. like if, if i ask you why you want to travel around the world you can make up a reason but it just feels right okay yeah, yeah. so you ask people to catalog what feels right to you and then that's the evidence of the self you can start mm. to get an idea of what does this person who i am actually want and then once you start to catalog that then you can get an idea of that and then you can start to visualize and build an idea of what that life would be. And then you can start to act in that fashion based off those feelings. I think meditation is important. important. Um, I personally haven't practiced it a lot, but I get it from different things. And it depends how you want to classify meditation. So how would you classify meditation? That's a good point. Um, I suppose it, I couldn't use words to define it, but in trying to be in that state of mind where obviously just mm. with you, with yourself kind of mm. thing and just trying to find yourself mm. if that's the best way of describing it yeah it's i've never actually one. been asked to define it that's interesting. yeah i mean because everyone because there's so many different ways to yeah. meditate and so there's so many different perception to what, are, what people what are you trying to get from it you're mm. trying to find yourself yeah do you know what i mean but I could, you're right there <laughs> obviously linking that to the absent mind it's like i want to just clear my thoughts and yes yeah fun. yeah so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff to that so like Say my nature, I love to do this thing and this clears my mind. Why would I choose to sit if that's the hardest way for me to clear my mind? Do mm. you know what I mean? So like uh, there's a lot of different approaches to spirituality, but mine is approaching what feels like the path, that's path of least resistance and most resonance to me. Meditation does serve a purpose in that. So for people who don't know what mindfulness is, mindfulness is observing the patterns and emotions that run out in your mind. Mm. Most people let them subconsciously control them. So yeah. let's say you say to me, you're not very smart, Joel but I pride myself and I have an attachment to the idea that I like to be smart. When pain arises um, from that, there'll be thought and certain thought streams that arise, like he doesn't know why I'm smart, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. All those are just ideas of who I think I am or who I think I should be, but none of it's true. So the practice of mindfulness is to observe that without attaching to it. Isn't it funny when you let, obviously you say a statement like that, yep. and the word anger, like, like it just consumes you, doesn't it? Yes. And just like you say these words that you don't even mean. Like yeah, yeah, you say yeah. All the time, like it's a funny thing. But when you say going back to the mindfulness, you're like, okay, I got angry. Why did I get angry? What does and it represent? What is it trying to tell it? me? Yeah. yeah, because it's definitely important. Definitely. Yeah, emotions. I see them as feedback. Most mm. people think a negative emotion is a bad thing. 
I think of it as a fruitful gift. Yeah. Because if you trigger me, you're telling me and giving me access to a thing that I haven't healed within mm. myself that I have a poor relationship with. So if I get angry about something, what does anger represent? Anger represents you're trying to defend something. Yeah. You're trying to protect something. Mm. Why would I need to protect that part of myself? The only reason you protect something is if someone can hurt it. Mm. But you only hurt it if someone if you have a conditional attachment to it. So say for example, you would care about your appearance. If you didn't care, I could call you ugly. You wouldn't doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. But if you care and I call you angry, then emotion comes up. Mm. So that tells you that you are attached to what people think of your appearance. Definitely. So when when you practice mindfulness, you can get an idea of these associations and patterns that your mind's running out that actually control you on a deeper level without you realizing. And and you don't have to go crazy deep with it. You can just pay attention to what feels good. And if something, and if an emotion is going to take control of you, let it go, observe it. Yeah. But it can get a lot deeper than that based on how deep you go. Definitely, isn't it? Um yeah, observing emotion, that's a powerful one. We don't do that enough, do we? Like, no, emotions you know, are meant to be transient. Yeah, yeah. If something pisses me off, I'm meant to be like, man, that fucking sucks. We have a conversation about it. You learn my boundaries mm. in a healthy way. You learn that actually Joel's sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. But if he, if I bottle in and don't tell you, you can keep stepping on my toes all day and I'll yeah. just bottle in, bottle in. Um, <laughs> this really cool guy he has this um, business called Wild Movement and you go, he's like this guy, he's got a long beard and shit and he wears like shorts and just runs around the bush and he has like a obstacle bush, obstacle park and he teaches people about like, uh, he calls it rewilding, taking humans back to the wild mm. but he has this game he does called rough, roughhousing where you wrestle people and basically in roughhousing, every animal does it and in, say I'm the dominant one and I wrestle you too hard, you need to tell me because I don't know until I cross that yeah, portion. Definitely. So emotions are necessary as well to mm. express how we're actually feeling as long as you do it in a healthy way, you don't do it with blame. So if, if, if I'm blaming, that's me taking my own power away. Mm. So if you're hurting me and I'm like, that's your fault. I've taken yeah. my power away. I've thrown emotion at you. I've expressed that I haven't um, explained mm. it. If you, if you hurt me and I'm like, look, sorry, man, like this happened once and that hurts me. I just want to bring that to your attention. Mm. I'm still getting it off my chest in that moment of time and I'm doing healthily. So there is times when you have to go into emotions, but there's times where you can like lull at them and watch them pass transiently. It's really up to you. It's another important uh, fact there, you know, People blaming other people, setting their own. Man. Yeah, setting their, yeah. And if you keep blaming other people, it's just like a. It's the biggest loop we get caught into. Because yeah. if you point the finger at someone else, if you turn it around, you're the only person who can make change. Yeah. yeah. You can blame everyone until the cows come home. But one of my biggest paradigms I run off is pure responsibility. Mm. Every someone can be like, oh, but what if something happens to you? You still decide how you react to that Definitely. thing, and that's the only thing you have control over. Mm. And if you have a really good filter to base those decisions off, for example. I value these things and I want this life. When you make a decision, you can refer back to, does this suit what I actually want as a person? Does this feel right to me? Yes, I'll do it. If not, no, have a boundary, you know? Well said, man. Yeah. That's good. Delve into emotions, I love it. Most of my practice with my life coaching clients is emotions because whether we realize it or not, we avoid pain, seek pleasure. Mm. So if we have painful emotions within us, I'll give, give you myself an example, okay? Dad couldn't communicate, didn't show me much love. Yeah. I pride myself now on communicating lots and giving love because whatever hurt us, we want to run away from that. And then we want to help other people run away mm. from that. My mom, overly constrictive, overbearing. I teach people how to become free from constriction. Mm. So the person that I am now with gratitude was actually born out of the pain from my childhood. That's good, man. So, but most people don't realize that. And then they create bad strategies to deal with those things. So like... They're running away from something in a really shitty way without realizing. And then if you tweak that a little bit, that could be chasing towards something beautifully. Mm. Well said. Mm. Well done. Uh, going back to you. Yeah, let's do what's it. What's a daily routine of Joel the Swole like? Okay. Talk, talk to me, mate. Um, wake up in the morning uh, about 5.45, 6, depending on how, how early the clients were. I used to get up earlier, but it killed me. So like 
I like getting up with the sun in summer. In winter, I prefer to do that later depending on my clients. Mm, so okay. I'm getting closer to my ideal day. Um, I'll get up, I'll make a bulletproof coffee. So I'll make like a one square of lint 90% dark chocolate because it has low carbs in it. Some butter, some really nice organic butter, some coconut oil, um, some collagen protein, um, coffee or no coffee depending if I'm being naughty or not, um, <laughs> depending how stretched thin yeah. I am. Um, I make that. I'll go and bounce on my little trampoline out the back and get my lymphatic system flowing because yep. if you've laid in a bed eight hours, nothing's moved. Definitely. Lymphatic system doesn't have a pump like the heart. It yep. pumps through movement. Most people never move and their immune system is fucked. So mm. I bounce on a trampoline, but I do it like an expressive dance. So mm. I get moving. I just enjoy it. And I let myself do it. I don't try and place a constriction on it. I just get into cool. expression straight away. Like everyone needs to dance more. Like everyone's too scared of singing. I like beatboxing. I like doing that kind of stuff because you're actually just like, you're just like yeah. letting some of you out. So I bounce on the trampoline. I'll get onto the earth, onto the grass. And I'll do like only like two minutes of movement. Just like move my spine a little bit. Just move around. Just get in touch with my body. Mm-hmm. Most people are stuck in their heads. If you get in touch with your body, your breathing, your emotions, you're out of your rationality mind. Rational mind is not ruling you. It's a tool. Mm. It should never rule you. You use it to make decisions, but ultimately it doesn't know as much as all these other like instantaneous decision-making parts of your brain. Yeah. Um, so I'll move around a little bit and I'll drink my bulletproof coffee while I do some journaling or some reading or even like work on some content for my life coaching clients. Yeah. So for my life coaching clients, if they have a problem, I'll talk to them about it, much like we're doing now, mm. but then I'll go and build a personal journaling exercise for them so they can learn to explore that part of themselves without me there. Back to that journaling, I know yes. we said a lot about it. So what are you actually basically just writing? Is it just affirmations about yourself? Was that oh, what you were saying? A lot of so there's different. I have a lot of different things to do depending is, on the time. So yeah. so is it just what you're thinking? Just um, a lot of it is like you need a seed. You need a seed because if you don't have a seed, what's going to come out? Yeah, you know okay. what I mean. So like the way the mind works, you have to place a set of constraints. Otherwise, where is it going to go? Mm. So if my constraint is what would I want to do with my life, that might be a bit scary and too much to think about. What would I do with my life if there was no threat of not making money? Then my mind has a better confine to write about. So journaling questions are extremely powerful because you okay. need to choose the right question to bring out the right answer. Oh, that, so you're trying cool. to create the best hypothetical scenario where your rational mind is not blocking you that allows your creative mind to come out. And when you get creative, then you tap into that energy that allows you to kind of manifest that or act that out. Have you got some example questions? Yeah, like what, what would you do if you had unlimited income? Or like what would you do if your parents were dead, if you have expectations of your parents? I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good book I read is like Live As If Your Father Were Dead, it said as one of its concepts. Living as, I'm have to write that one down. And I'll tell you the name of the book. Um, yeah. The Way of the Superior Man goes into masculinity. Um, side note, masculinity is really unhealthy at the moment. Like arrogance and ego and proving ourselves instead of being strong with our emotions and holding that space. Um, that's what I think masculinity should be like. But yeah. That's um, powerful, man. I think that's really good because that's something I'm definitely dwelling into. You love the book, man. And we can talk about it. I'd love if you, because it has concepts. So like, mm. it'll like part one will be like, not even an A4 page, one concept, like live life on your edge. Mm. And every guy needs to do that because that's where we feel the most alive. If yeah. you go over the edge, you burn out. If you go under the edge, you're not living. Definitely. So a concept like that. But then what I do, even with that book, I might read one concept, journal my own expression of that. I've done so much sales writing now for our Facebook and our social media and stuff that writing is a really easy way for me to express myself. So I can type really expressively and really beautifully and mm. tap into that better than writing because I've done so much typing and gaming over my years. So that's cool, man. Um, I'll reflect off a book. If I'm reading a book, I might make notes because soon my mind, like a lot of people's minds work linearly. Yeah. My mind bursts out in every direction. So if I read an idea, because I know about emotions, um, the mind, the body, spirituality, boom, all these links will come out and I'll make note of those. I may never look at it again, but I've assimilated that into my brain. Um, I think think it's just important in general, just taking notes from books and that kind of thing. eh? Yeah, yeah. you have to actively learn. It's like without, like if you don't apply to the knowledge you learn, it's very easy to be 
forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and, 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 and envision this. Page is all these notes. It's, it's very good about like um, iPhone technology and all yeah, the smartphone, I should yeah, say. Man. It's so cool. That's cool, man. So a lot of um, deep journaling. Yeah, even um, one really good question that was, uh, and this from this book called 40 Days of Power. Um, it's like, yeah, claim your power. Forty, to, uh, Claim your power, I think. Um, we can put it in the show notes if you have show notes. <laughs> uh, it's a 40-day journaling exercise, but he makes you like question yourself what areas of your life are dead. So mm. what areas of your life are not emotionally charged? Mm. And then it will make you question why haven't you been showing up in those areas? Mm. And then he'll question you what is the consequence of you not showing up in those areas? And that the purpose of that is for you to feel the hurt mm. because that hurt is the truth deep down in you. And he wants to extract that from you to create movement because if we're hurting, we're not going to stay in that. We wouldn't do something about yeah. it. So those examples are really good or just thinking big and dreaming. I love dreaming because that's like, yes, I love being excited and sharing that with you. Yeah, yeah, that's big yeah. for me because that yeah. just lets me connect to who I want to be and what mm. I want and, and I hold that space. It's very important. Mm. No, that's all I've said, man. Cool. So journaling and then, yeah. in the mornings. Yep. So yep. journal and, and read. Read and some um, other bits and pieces. Yeah, but generally to set my tone of mind. Sometimes I won't read or journal. I'll just do nothing. You know, like... You only, just, like you said, journal if you need to. It's always sporadic. Like, like uh, Although we're habitual and I'm massive on rituals. So a ritual, if you go through certain processes, you can create a state. Mm. Um, and if you repeat that, you can repeat that state. You can gain, gain that state. But sometimes it's good to let, let go of external knowledge coming in and let go of having an intention and just be mm. as well. So like recently, I've just been being more and I'm still me. And then when I add more ideas, I'm still me. But sometimes I can get caught up in something and go off on a tangent. So it's good to take a step back from an idea and just yeah. sit with yourself as well. So I have meditated in the mornings as well. Um, I find I'm a little bit fried if I do it that first thing. I'd rather do it in the middle of the day. So sometimes I'll meditate. When I drive to work, I'll do it in silence sometimes. I'll just talk to myself. Do you have to be in the um, so-called meditative state kind of sitting down eyes closed kind of thing mm. or is it just more um, I'm quite in that state a lot of my yeah. time so like although there's different levels of meditation I'm not ever ruled by my mind too much so my mind's quite empty I think if you put too much rules onto it eh, you just yeah frozen yeah, just man, like what, you might just want to sit there and have a breath and enjoy that breath yeah. like it's the most delicious feels, thing ever do what feels comfortable yeah, yeah man meditation for me is like it's gaining awareness mm. without judgment well that's what mindfulness is but meditation is like the, an, an intense practice of that yeah but you can practice that in doing anything mm. you can take a breath and realize that like you don't even have to make a breath happen mm. your body is so intelligent it has trillions of cells coordinating all at the same time to make that happen for you and you can just witness that unfolding in front of your eyes and be like holy crap how amazing is life yeah. that can be enough to get you into a state of gratitude that's cool man you know you can, there's, no, there's any way to do it it doesn't have to be mm. I am sitting in the lotus position <laughs> and I did yoga I'm going to put yeah. that on Instagram you know what I mean like, yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree that's the spiritual cool. ego is a big one as well people yeah. think they can think like I'm doing the spiritual path but if it's not your path you're not on your yeah. spiritual path what is right to you if you don't want to meditate it doesn't feel right you love riding a motorbike and that makes you feel amazing, do that. Mm. I think people get caught up in spirituality a little bit too much from a traditional that. sense. Definitely yeah, I agree. So other than journaling and all that and obviously self-reflecting yep. and all that kind of visualization, yep. what's after that? Just go. So then I'll go to the gym yep. um, and I'll have a couple clients yep. and then I'll train. Yep. And um, my training hasn't been good this year. I haven't found the balance between relationship, crazy, hectic business <laughs> and I've had a few injuries in my body this year. And yep. like in terms of that, like... Training used to be the time where I get to express myself the most from that really primal 
hectic place. Do you know what I mean? To mm. all guys have that, and all guys need to get that out. If you don't, it comes out in other ways. Because we're an animal walking around in clothes in a society. Yeah. You need to get that animal out healthily. Sex, dancing, eating, lifting, doing mm. shit. You know. And if you don't get that out, it bottles up. So, mm. lifting for me is like my intense primal meditation where I get so connected to my body and I learn to love the pain. It's like I've built myself out of pain mm. because the way I see it, if I can intentionally expose myself to a lot of pain and enjoy it, then I don't mind facing pain and uncomfortability in my life because I've already done worse to myself. Mm. So lifting for me was how I forged myself per se. So it's it helps me a lot. Mm. So then I'll lift and then we generally have like a meeting or something yeah. at work and then like um, I'll have a bit of time in the middle of the day. Look, clients come home, hang out with my girlfriend. Cool. I'm playing my next day, repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. It's cool, man. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of, I think we might end it. A there. lot of tangents, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, oh, one more, two more questions. Sure. Sorry, I lied. Sure, sure, what, sure. What kind of supplements do you take? Okay. Um, it's contextual. Um, any context to that? Or just wanted me to go just a big in, spiel? Just in general, yeah. Okay, so consider the term supplement means to add on top of. Yeah. If you already have a really good diet, yeah. you don't need to fill gaps. Um, I take a lot because I'm obsessed with being a high performer. Uh, it's really aligns with a lot of my values. Mm -hmm. um, my values of like showing up in my relationship. Because if I have energy and I feel good, all my areas of my life are good. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to invest into this. So I think most people don't eat enough good food like we have an organic vegetable box that gets delivered to our house each week and we make food from that cool. um just because if something's been sprayed a the soil's dead so like the soil doesn't have all the new like a lot of people don't know about gut health but the bacteria in your gut create the chemicals for your mind mm. um, and for your entire body and your immune system plants are the same if the soil has been killed the soil actually plants release bacteria and create like a digestive system in their roots so when things are sprayed, that actually is killed and the plant doesn't actually get essential nutrients and wow. we're eating dead plants. Mm. So like organic plants, like organic food is really necessary. Um, I think without fail, I would take like a zinc or magnesium supplement. We buy everything. We have a brand called ATP that we sell. I get a cost price. It's also a really heart-centered brand, mm. so it works with me. So I take that. I take their multivitamin, which is not a vitamin that's artificially made. It's made from plants, from organically, biodynamically farmed plants. Uh, biodynamic farm is actually in time with the seasons and the natural things. So it's not even just organic. They're trying to recreate the original growing conditions of that plant. Um, so artificial vitamins, actually, your body has to detox them. So most cheap vitamins you buy, a bacteria has shut that out. Mm -hmm. And then they package it and you eat it and you just get toxic from it. Um, so a good multivitamin. Um, I take something called Alpha Mars, which is like a male performance supplement. So it just gives you testosterone, like makes your junk work really well. It just cool. makes you feel like a boss, man. It's so yeah. good. I recommend that. Have you tried it? No, I haven't. Definitely try that. So, okay. so, yeah. um, What's it called again, sorry? Alpha Mars. Alpha Mars. Okay. Alpha Mars, yeah. Right. They have Alpha Mars and Alpha Venus. Venus is for the ladies. Of course, of course. Yeah, so uh, my girlfriend went through a lot of hormonal trouble. She's studying naturopathy and um, that's how we found this brand. And this brand is actually what treated her. She had like anxiety, um, heart palpitations and all those things from hormonal imbalance that yeah. the medical doctors misdiagnosed and didn't help her with and she had to treat it all herself. So she's right. going on her big journey with that. Um, I take these smart drugs, which they're a class of nootropic yeah. called racetams. Yep. Um, they're illegal in Australia, um, but they're cognitive enhancers. And I've been taking those on and off for a few years. And yeah, that's something I definitely want to dwell into. Sure. Yeah, because I mean... I'll just... let you try one after this. <laughs> yeah, I had a... Navar talking about it as well because mm. I think that's uh, nootropics. Is yes. Do you, have you noticed a big difference with them? 
is a bit hard to tell. It's additive, but uh, you do feel an initial, but especially this one, everyone's brain chemistry is different. So you can't just add one thing and expect it to work the same for everyone. So everyone has different neurotransmitters that they have and they're like signalers for the brain. So say for example, someone is anxious. They have a deficiency in GABA. GABA Mm -hmm. is a non-excitatory neurotransmitter so it helps you relax so melatonin is associated with GABA melatonin is a sleep hormone so if you're like a deficient in GABA I would be giving you supplementation to try and give you more GABA to balance out your neurochemistry um yeah, definitely very hard, isn't it? Yeah, but you can look at it through your behaviors and your yeah, actions and yeah. how you feel and those kind of things and then take it and see how you feel. Mm. That's the only thing you do. Anyone mm. can tell you anything. You're like, Jack, this is the best workout. You got to try, try it and see what happens. Measure it. Make it into an experiment. Well, it's just like, uh, you know, back to diet. There's not going to be one diet that suits all. No, Everyone's got you have to consider your gene yeah. pool, your yeah. activities. Like one of my favorite, um, excuse me, I'm, I'm sniffing up a loogie. Oh yeah, baby. That's it. Oh, delicious. <laughs> oh, I feel so much better. Oh, it's like when I, when I face my parents. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite... Um, um, life coaches um he's a he's a psychedelic shaman he's yeah. a like a physiotherapist personal trainer life coach guy paul check crazy mm. hippie dude um oh where was i going with this what was he even talking about i doubt i forgot my train of thought because i was like fanboying paul check we're on the new, new oh yeah back to i think last was diet in oh yeah yeah so he actually has a um, system where he looks at your hereditary and based on your hereditary, he gives you your food. Uh, okay. Because like, there's an example, this um, tribe of like Native Americans in, Amer- in America, obviously, uh, <laughs> in Africa, that they yeah. got there by a slave ship. No, yeah. uh, Native Americans, um, they lived off 800 calories a day for thousands of years because there was spare, scarce, sparse food in the desert. When they eat the traditional American diet, they get diabetes by the age of two or three mm. because they've adapted to live off such a small caloric diet. If they're eating three times that amount their body doesn't know what to do so your body does adjust to what it's been exposed to for hundreds or thousands of years so everyone eating the same diet makes no sense Um, just a simplification of that if you're darker and have lived closer to the equator you've had more sunlight all year round which means you've had more access to carbohydrates all year round if we're thinking pre-agriculture before you could store grains we only ate what was in season Mm. so we can only eat carbohydrates if you're um whiter like yourself and myself unfortunately wish i was black lebron james oh (laughs) uh hate my penile size no i'm joking um if you were whiter you would not have access to carbohydrates through the winter when Mm. things don't grow so you would have a predominantly protein and fat oriented diet and maybe fermented things so you have to consider that in what you eat but many of Mm. us never consider that so you have to eat and see how you feel that's the feedback not like oh that was delicious like how do i actually feel and Mm. and and i've done a lot of that and i eat to what makes me feel good it's a big part of my life as well Mm. um so supplementation we'll talk about nootropics yeah um i take I take various things depending on what effect I'm trying to create. Do you know what I mean? I've been literally vaporizing chamomile tea recently. Wow. You can try that if you want. Cool. Um, so that chamomile tea, people drink it to relax before bed. It's an anti-anxiety. Mm. It's been studied for that. But if you vaporize things or smoke it, one time I smoked it for lols, uh, <laughs> ripped a cone of chamomile tea, and it actually made me super relaxed. And I'm like, I'm going to get a vape because I don't want to smoke. Mm. That's cool. Um, and I vape chamomile tea and it actually, actually relaxes you. And I've tried that with... Um, different herbs and have different effects as well so you can really expose your body to whatever you want to create the state mm. the, the key is not using the, sub, the the substance to keep creating the state access at once how does that feel remember that fall back into it that's the the lesson you can gain yeah. from things um i also take uh, it depends on the context if i'm doing like a crazy fat burning phase i'll take every little this little complex bunch mm. of things are all synergized together to produce results you know what i mean so it really depends on what i'm doing it's a lot of experimenting that's i'm sure. a human experiment i experiment with myself constantly and i love it and i learn so much about myself that's important, I think. yeah and it's like if that didn't work so what i went on mm. a tangent it was fun 
I at least know what's not me. But if something worked, I'm like, man, I've discovered mm. something that allows me to perform better and be happier. Mm. And people are too scared to do that. Like, man, I've starved myself. I starved myself for a month thinking it would fix my gut. It made me depressed, but I, at least I did it. And mm. I know it's not the the step. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you have to you have to do that to yourself. Do you kind of note these things down, or you just go like from memory? Of in terms just, of just just like experimenting in general. If like you're going to do something like a new stage of things, you'd be like, hmm, how do I feel? Do you like note it down? Anything? In general? Oh, hundred percent. I yeah, may okay. even use a spreadsheet. Depends yeah, on the. Yeah. So whenever you're tracking any goal, you need like a like an action metric. So what is the action that I'm implementing? What is the result metric? Yeah. So if I'm trying to grow my business, I might track the thing that might generate leads. Like how often am I creating mm. content? And then is this getting leads? So you have to have like, what am I doing? How's it working? You need yeah. at least that and to do an experiment. Yeah. So like I might use heart rate variability. I put this heart strap on. I actually have a device that goes under my bed that measures my breathing rate, my sleep, my stress levels while I sleep. And I have a thing that I put on myself that can, I, I can do a meditation with it. Tells me how relaxed I am or stressed. So even if I, thought I was well rested, but I'd been training too hard or stressing myself out. I can put that on. It will tell me I'm mm. stressed. So then I know how to live my day. I don't have a coffee that day. I don't train as hard that day. That's cool. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'll use that kind of stuff. Um, I'll use um, spread. Yeah, I'll, I'll track that in spreadsheets. Or if you can't base it off anything other than how you feel, I base it off that. How well did I perform this day? How mm. was I in my relationships this day? There's so many factors that you have to consider that yeah. you kind of have to just pay a lot of awareness to. Yeah, definitely, man. Well said. That's yeah. supplementation, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I think we might wrap it up. Is there anything else you saw you left on the floor? I mean, look, we could keep going on about so many other things. Yeah, um, just start moving somewhere and then you'll learn from that. Mm. Like, don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Is this right? Is this right? You'll mm. know if you do it and it doesn't work. And then keep moving. Yep. There's uh, one question I like to ask all my yeah. uh, interviewees. I should probably label it as. Uh, your salmons. Yeah. Your human right. salmons. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> If you could give one piece of advice, whether it's going to be in a quote or could be in a huge rant, anything like that, if you could, I know it's hard because yeah, 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 so yeah, many, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. something that kind of resonated with you the most. If you could give one piece of advice to someone else, what would it be? Because I'm, I would just say trust your heart and trust, trust what feels heart. right. Yeah, I think like, that's good, man. Yeah, and 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 obviously you have to learn to know when it's your heart, when it's your head. Mm. So when something just feels right, and like you don't need an explanation. Yeah. Like if someone, if I ask you, hey Jack, why are you doing this? I don't, yeah. you, I don't need your explanation. It just feels it's right. right. It's you, yeah. yeah. So like, learn to own that and trust that. Cool man. That's that's what I've based my life off. It's working so far. Well said. Hell yeah. Well, Joel, thanks for sharing your journey with us. Oh, yeah, man. You never know; it could be another time. We... I would love to speak for like a thousand hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the stop. journey's only started, of course. Oh There's man, so much yeah. more, to, and ho- I'm hopefully to hear about it all, man, yeah, and man. maybe back on the show. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, I'll man. follow you around the world and just be your only guest. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy, eh?